It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. We have reached February, and welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling along with Bill Cornwell and Joe Linville with you tonight for another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we'll go over all the boys and girls high school scores from across the Mountain State tonight. Also tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the new sectionals and regionals. They are now finalized that begin next year. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we don't want to get too much into that because that's next year. We want to focus on this year. But uh, James Collier had other uh, obligations tonight, and uh, he will be calling in a little bit later on. We look forward to hearing from him. And we also look forward to hearing from Coach Rick Marone. His Lady Rebels were in action at home tonight in a big car, uh, inter-county game with uh, Wayne. And that was a game that a few weeks ago came down to the buzzer at Pioneer Gym. It's another great game tonight. We'll talk with him. Uh, about that game tonight a little bit later on as well but first off joe linville welcome into the program good to have you back this year it's good to be back and and, uh before we get too far into it uh joe first off some things have changed since the last time we saw you and uh now uh we actually uh we work together sort of (laughs) in the affiliate world (laughs) absolutely Uh, as you now um Take care of things, WVOW. Yep. Uh, longtime broadcaster Speedy Bevins decided to call it quits after 43 years. I was totally shocked. And uh, we were in some meetings and so forth discussing the possibility of me going to work for WVOW in Logan. And uh, things worked out. And then I found out that Speedy was the person leaving. He decided to go into the insurance business uh, late in life. So, you know, sometimes you just want, you know, got or want to make some changes. And so he did. So opened up, opened up the opportunity. And and uh, so far, it's been so good. Absolutely outstanding for that. And Bill Cornwell back with us tonight as well. And Bill, we fought through the snow, and now we've we've got to the other side of it. Although I must say, it hasn't snowed in almost two full yeah. weeks, but I can still see snow on yeah. my drive. It's been a while since I've been here because I was here for the first two shows back in December. And uh, you're right, February is here, and um, Ryan, we're just two and a half weeks away from the girls' postseason beginning. Hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, this time, in one month, we'll be talking about the state tournament Yes, for girls' action, uh, which starts in basically the second week of March. So uh, teams have already started getting uh, – it's, it's a year-round process, but teams have uh, really started the crunch toward getting prepared for the postseason. We will go to the phone lines in just a moment, but if you want to call us at any time, you can do so at one eight five five three four five four seven zero nine. Again, we're with you until midnight, as we are every Friday night through the basketball season. We know you want scores, though, and let's get a check of our first scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com for all the scoreboard updates. First, we'll start in boys' action tonight in the Big Atlantic Classic at the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center. Capital defeats University 69-56. to Cougars now 14-2. and Also in the Big Atlantic Classic, it was Greenbrier East 76, Shady Springs 60. Cole Honaker with 23 points in the loss for Shady Spring. Kareem Ezzedine, remember that name, 19 points for Greenbrier East in the victory. 
Also tonight, it was Cameron defeating Buffalo in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational, 63-43. We'll hear much more about that Hometown Invitational as the night goes along as well. Also tonight, it was Fort Hill, Maryland defeating Frankfurt, 38-34. Magnolia, 11-2, 38 points from Preston Boswell, a 74-44 victory tonight over Wetzel County rival Payton City. Also tonight, boys, ask, or boys basketball action, third quarter. It's Pendleton County, 36, Moorfield, 24. Final score tonight, it was Nicholas County defeating James Monroe, 69-45. to Brooke gets its fourth win of the season over Steubenville, Ohio, 66-64. Bruins beat the Big Red tonight. At the half in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational, Greenbrier West leads East Hardy's 36-32. Love those matchups of teams that are nowhere near each other get to play each other. Kaiser tonight with the lead over Berkeley Springs, 47-39. Kaiser leads at the end of the third quarter. Final score, Webster County is 14-1 after defeating Braxton County, 79-73. The Highlanders lost for the first time, though, earlier this week. Also tonight, Bridgeport remains undefeated. The Indians are 11-0. They pick up a double-digit win over Fairmont Senior, 67-56. Bridgeport gets the win. At the end of regulation, Buchanan, Upshur, and Lewis County are tied at 50. They'll have bonus basketball tonight in Buchanan. The Scott Skyhawks at the end of the third quarter lead the Chapmanville Regional Tigers, 46-43. Also tonight, end of the third quarter, it is Wheeling Central, 53, Charleston Catholic, 28. Other scores tonight from across the state. Final score, Philip Barber defeats Elkins, 83-69. It was Grafton defeating Lincoln, 61-56. Into the first quarter, the Musselman Appleman lead Hedgesville, 14-11. Final score tonight, Herbert Hoover defeats Tulsa, 43-32. Also in boys' action tonight, Huntington remains unbeaten as they roll up rival Cabell Midland, 86-40. Highlanders get the win. Also, another rivalry matchup. Martinsburg goes to 13 and 2 as the Bulldogs defeat Jefferson. Excuse me, lead Jefferson. That game's not yet final. They lead Jefferson 60 to 42 after three quarters. Final score tonight: Tuck Valley defeats Man 89-48. Panthers are now 13 and 3. Man 11 and 4. I know that's a tough loss for Harvey Arms and his ball club tonight. Bielmer County defeats Parkersburg Catholic 59 to 52. Also, final score, Robert C. Bird defeats Preston, 65-30. It was Tucker County over Southern Garrett, Maryland, 51-43. And a final score from tonight, another battle in Wyoming County and another win for Wyoming East. The Warriors defeat Westside, 64-47. Joe has a check of the girls' scoreboard. And speaking of the Wyoming East Warriors, the girls' team defeated Capital Cougars, 62-43. The Sissonville Indians lead the Mingo Central Miners 38-9, that game at the half. At the end of the third quarter, it's Morgantown leading Greenbrier East 50-26. It's the Pirates of Fayetteville leading Pocahontas County, or actually that's a final, 37-29. The Ripley Vikings beat Riverside 59-42. South Charleston defeated Spring Valley 69-46. In a tight one, the Summers County Bobcats defeated uh, Pikeview by a score of 56-55. Wayne defeated uh, the Rebels of Tulsa 
53 to 48. That game now a final. And at the end of the third quarter, it's the St. Albans Red Dragons leading the Winfield Generals 38-26. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thanks very much, Joe. One game that did go final. It went final. We got the final score in right as you were reading it. Morgantown's girls defeat Greenbrier East 65-35 in the Big Atlantic Classic. Morgantown 17 and oh, one of the games mentioned there tonight, Wayne's girls defeating Tulsa 53-48 at Rebel Arena. Bo Brumfield, WFGH, had the call. He joins us now. And Bo, tremendous atmosphere down there tonight. I got a chance to listen to a lot of that ball game. You guys had a really good game, uh, a game in which both teams made runs, but Wayne just a little bit too strong for the Rebels at the end. Do we have Bo? <laughs> There's Bo. The difference in the ball game was uh, 16 offensive rebounds for the Lady Pioneers. And then there's a ball game, again, as I mentioned, of runs. Wayne was able to get out to a 13-point lead in the uh, early portion of the second quarter. Tulsa caught Wayne by the end of the second quarter. Uh, Wayne able to get a, a couple of uh, buckets right at the end of the half to take a lead in the halftime. Got the lead back to 10 in the fourth. And Tulsa really made a couple of runs. But, um, Bo, you mentioned the offensive rebounding being the, the, uh, the key for Wayne and also uh, Tulsa lacks depth. They just, it's a lack of bodies this particular season. And when uh, Tosh Nichols got in foul trouble, that really uh, hurt the Rebels' interior rebounding. Yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a difference, too. She's really the only big girl that uh, the Rebels have underneath. And she got in foul trouble early and picked up her fourth right before the uh, fourth quarter. And uh, the difference was uh, really the third quarter. Haley McComas for Wayne was outstanding. Uh, the freshman ended up with 16 points and right at uh, 10 rebounds. And uh, Dina Geralds and Mariah Finley tried to keep the Rebels in it as uh, as much as they could. They cut it to 48-44 with, you know, right, right around a minute, but uh, and had a chance to cut it even farther and uh, ended the deficit again and missed a three. And uh, Wayne kind of put it away at the end. But these two girls, these two girls teams have played twice this year, and Wayne's beat them 51-49 at Wayne and 53-48 over here. And like you mentioned earlier, the atmosphere was awesome on both sides. A big crowd for a girls' game, and uh, it was it was a joy to call the game on the radio. I think that, and, and again, I know you're closer to the Tulsa program. The resurgence, though, of this Wayne program, and it coming at the same time that Tulsa's got some really good young players as well, so they're going head to head in some big games. I think that does nothing but help the future of girls' basketball within Wayne County. Your thoughts on that? No doubt. The Wayne County, the middle school program has been really good here with Buffalo and with uh, Wayne and with Vincent as well and CK and Fort Gan Crum is, is trying. You know, they're, they're doing their best to, to uh, you know, stay in that action and, and Wayne is really young. Uh, Tulsa's young as well, but I call them the Magnificent Seven and that's all they got right now. But I've seen the uh, Fort Gan Crum middle school game on Wednesday. Called a little bit on the radio as well and and they're coming. Uh, they've got some reinforce, reinforcements coming uh, for Dina and for Mariah. But with Wayne, you look at their roster, uh, it's littered with sophomores and freshmen. And uh, they don't have a junior on the roster. They have two seniors with Allie Goo and Kate Arnold. But the freshmen and sophomores with Ariel Atkins and Maddie Wilcox and Lakin Atkins off the bench had 13 points to go with McComas. And, and I know the freshman, uh, or I know the middle school Wayne is, is really good as well. And uh, Tulsa now 10-8. and eight. Wayne goes to 14-3. and three. But uh, Tulsa now still right back into the fire again with uh, another matchup with Sissonville coming up. Uh, early next week and then uh, a trip to Herbert Hoover as well next week so uh, Cardinal Conference really really not very uh, forgiving no it's not I think six out of the eight is really good uh, kind of sparing uh, you know Mingo Central and Scott and uh, the Cardinal Conference in this section 
Uh, this probably puts Tulsa into the uh, the two or the three seed with Chapmanville. And the funny thing with Chapmanville, uh, they they beat each other, uh, you know, on the road. Uh, Chapmanville come to Rebel Arena one, and Tulsa went up there and won at Chapmanville. So that's looking like the two three game in that section. And Tulsa's got one game left, and it's a senior night for Michaela Messer. And uh, on senior night, you get to play Sissonville. So that ought to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, go get them, right? <laughs> That's right. Go get them, Michaela. That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, Bo, we appreciate you giving us a call and uh, enjoyed the broadcast listening in tonight. And uh, certainly uh, look forward to probably hearing again from you uh, again in a couple of weeks or so. That'll be fine. I appreciate it. And uh, just uh, appreciate all the all the fans listening in and what an atmosphere tonight. And appreciate you guys. And I'll I'll stay t- I'll stay tuned in and listen. Hey, that sounds like a plan. That's Bo Brumfield, WFGH Radio in uh, Fort Gay. What a job Wade Williamson has done this year, coaching the Wayne Lady Pioneers, uh, uh, 14-3. And and if he can get out of that section, get get to the regional and get this uh, Pioneer team to Charleston, I mean, mean, you've got to really give him some consideration for some some Coach of the Year honors somehow because uh, he's done a great job of at least Cardinal Conference Coach of the Year because (laughs) – uh, you talk about building something pretty quickly with, with a lot of youth, but pretty much as, as was stated, there's good feeder programs in Wayne County at the middle school level, and it seems like that the uh, the level has risen throughout the county, and uh, it certainly shows in, in the play Tulsa, Spring Valley, and the Wayne Pioneers. I know uh, Wayne is one of, if, if not the oldest public schools that has never been to a basketball state tournament in boys or girls. It's amazing. Wow. And, uh, not once. Not, that's that's not really once. surprising with the athletic program that, that comes out of Wayne, especially in football, softball, you know. Yeah, it had a long, tr- had a long time there. It was a baseball school. No, I mean, it had uh, won four state baseball championships in a, in a 10 or 11-year span there in the 80s and 90s and had good teams that, that didn't win it all through there. But just haven't been able to crack it on the hardwood just yet. But uh, – Sounds like they close. might be getting there. Getting yeah. close. <laughs> getting close. And uh, when you talk about Wayne, though, and, and the upcoming uh, girls' sectional tournament, which is still a few weeks away, and that'll be in Logan, Wayne probably wrapped up the number one seed within that sectional tonight because uh, they've beaten everybody twice except for Scott, who they've beaten once and play again uh, later on that's within their section. So um, Wayne 14-3. and three. They lost to Sissonville earlier in the week. Uh, 52 to 40 at Wayne. Wayne led after the, after the first quarter. Wayne led at halftime. Wayne led after the third quarter, but ran out of gas against Sissonville in the fourth. And so while Sissonville won that game by 12, I think that might have been if you followed that game throughout, that was kind of an eye opener. Hey, this Wayne team might be maybe maybe a state tournament contender. And uh, of course, Wade Williamson and the, and the crew doing a fantastic job uh, with them as well. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back. Uh, we are going to continue. We'll open our phone lines up, one 345 4709 If you went to a game tonight, give us a call. We want to hear from you. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
high school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. And you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Go to our website, check it out, find out how you can connect with the show. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Christina Fox at KFox underscore Pravado, Traquan Gibson, Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Okay, so Meatloaf had that song, two out of three isn't bad, but how about one? One out of three? James Collier, Rick Marone, not with us tonight in the studio. I'm Ryan Epling, though. I'm joined by Joe Linville, WVOW Radio, and Bill Cornwell of uh, Kendrick Communications. They brought in the, the reserve group, uh, Joe. We're, we're kind of like the, the guys in the back they bring out when they... When it's an emergency, hey coach, put me in. Exactly, we're, we're, we're the we're the emergency guys, but you know what? We're here. We can handle an emergency. There you well, go. See, you guys call it an emergency. We just call it depth. We've got depth. Okay, we we, we, we can. We don't have to just rely on three people to that's get us right. through. Right? Yeah, that's what I like. It's called having a good bench. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, <laughs> got a good bench. And a game that um, we just want to touch on a little bit that happened earlier this week in the Big Atlantic Classic. Uh, girls game it was a triple a number one morgantown double a number one wyoming east they went head to head um in uh at the raleigh county armory and uh morgantown really uh pulled away and did a number on wyoming east in that game but gabby lapardis only played a few minutes in the first half she's still trying to get over uh, a leg injury that she suffered a little bit earlier this season and uh Morgantown, if you'll remember, two years ago, they kind of got over the hump in the state tournament um, with Olivia Seggy, who was a junior at the time, won that state tournament, state championship over Parkersburg South, beat the Patriots again last year in the title game. And this year, 17-0, I think Jason White, I mean, cannot say what, cannot put into words what a good job he's done with that program, Bill. There's going to be some great competition in the state AAA 
side because we know Morgantown, that, that's a given what they've got. But uh, Huntington is having another outstanding year. South Charleston uh, having a great year as well. Uh, those are just a few of, of the, the teams that are really going to make an impact. Uh, somehow you, you kind of wonder uh, Jim Justice and, and his, his crew, are they going to maybe make it down there again? They usually find a way. And Morgantown picking up a big win uh, tonight, tonight over uh, over Greenberries. But uh, you, you look at the girls' side uh, of things. First off, here's something that's fascinating. Morgantown and Huntington are both undefeated in boys' and girls' basketball. Yeah. Wow. And we're in February. <laughs> that's we, we, almost unheard of, really. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, that's very interesting to me. And, of course, uh, you know, I think – when you get to the state tournament, again, we, we don't want to push it too far ahead because we always have an upset somewhere yeah. along the way in sectionals or regionals. But uh, it's really shaping up to where we could have a fantastic, fantastic state tournament. And you look at the scores right now on the girls' side, Huntington and Morgantown both, when they win, obviously they're winning them all. They're winning big. They're not in nail biters. They're winning handily. And, and the last two nights, Morgantown's girls have beaten what was an undefeated Wyoming East team and then a, what was an undefeated Greenbrier East, Greenbrier East team and done so by uh, 23 and 30 points, respectively. Wow. So, uh, that's some big – that's some putting up some big numbers. Picking it up, putting it down. Coach Rick Marone of the Tulsa Lady Rebels is uh, – in uh, the, the WFGH studios at Tulsa High School. He's with us now. He, his team uh, falling tonight in, in another fantastic uh, affair with Wayne. And, and Coach, uh, great ball game tonight. I know not the outcome you wanted, but I thought just listening to that ball game, a lot to be proud of with your kids tonight, overcoming uh, some foul trouble and, and really hanging in there, taking a couple of big shots and uh, delivering some back. Yeah, Ryan, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I know uh, the atmosphere at Wayne was uh, tremendous, and this one here was right up there with that. So if you love basketball, I know there's only very few rivalries still uh, around, and we get to showcase those on the program. Uh, this is one. Uh, Wayne's got an excellent ball club. Uh, you know, we got off to a slow start. We were down 25-12, went on a 13-0 run, tied it up. So like you said, it was back and forth. Got down 10 going into the fourth period, cut it down to one possession, and then had some shots not go in. But Wayne, they hit shots, uh, did a great job. Coach Williamson did a great job, and uh, it was just a great atmosphere. Unfortunately, we came up short. Looks like you're going to be in the 2-3 game in the sectional tournament um, with uh, Chapmanville Regional. And again, this is still weeks away, but the way things have played out schedule-wise, I think it's an easier call this year than what it was last year when everybody beat everybody and made it difficult. Um, you guys in Chapmanville have, have split this season. I know it's way in advance. You've got a long way to go to get to that game, but still, um, it's playing out to where it looks like that sectional is going to be one that's going to be highly, highly competitive again. Yeah, we split with Chapmanville. It's kind of odd because we won on each other's home court, and uh, they got us up here last time. And, uh, uh, you know, things could shake out, uh, something really wacky. But I'm, I agree. I think it probably looks like us and them will be in the 2-3. Coach David Williamson does a great job. But, uh, you know, when you get to tournament time, hopefully you're peaking and playing your best basketball. And uh, we've just been up and down. 
uh, season. Uh, we're 10 and 8, and that's really the way we've played. We've played even within games, we've played in spurts, and uh, you just can't do that against quality competition. And, Coach, we, we talked about this with Bo Brumfield just a moment ago, but, uh, and you, you and I have talked about this uh, as well. Um, really, it's a showcase for, uh, for girls' basketball in Wayne County right now. Spring Valley doesn't play Wayne and doesn't play uh, Tulsa right now, and, and perhaps that changes in the next uh, a year or so as Tulsa and Wayne are both very young basketball teams and, and will have, should be pretty good for uh, a little bit into the future as well. But uh, the growth of the game in Wayne County, I know that maybe the raw numbers are down. I know you don't have a deep bench this particular year. But the level of play has, has seemed to, to rise for all three schools to put pretty good programs and pretty good teams on the floor. Yeah, I think that uh, starts at the middle schools, Ryan, and the younger levels. Uh, there's a lot of competition in Wayne County. Uh, you know, girls basketball at the middle school level, and it really translates to the high school, and those kids are now in the high school. So it's, uh, you know, it's very competitive. Uh, you've got to come out and play uh, at your top level. And, uh, you know, all three schools in the county have really good girls teams, and I think that all the communities can be proud of them. Well, Rick, we talked a month and a half ago when you were just starting the season, and you kind of opined about the about the youthfulness, and you had – team really learning on the fly now with a couple of weeks to, to go before postseason uh, assess how they progressed are you are you satisfied uh, that they progressed uh, in their youthfulness to a to a better point well i i think that we're we're growing up uh we really have shown a lot of moxie uh we've had some girls really step up in key situations and you know when you start two freshmen uh, you start a sophomore, junior, and one senior, you know, you've got a lot of green greenness out there. And uh, our girls have battled hard. They've competed hard. I've been really proud of them. And our schedule, uh, uh, I've taken some heat from some of our own people, to be honest with you, because our non-conference schedule I'd put against anybody, the likes of George Washington, Princeton, Bluefield, uh you know, Grafton, I mean, you know, I've, I've really taken some heat, and I think our record's not indicative of where we're at, but uh, it is what it is. As long as I'm here, we're going to compete during the season. Our goal is at the end of the year. But uh, with a young team, maybe uh, not that we overreached, but, uh, you know, you want to keep your confidence level up, and these girls haven't bowed yet. So I, I hope that we keep battling to the finish. We've got number three or four, Sissonville, coming in Tuesday, and they handed us a pretty good one last week. Uh, and then we go to Hoover, a tough place to play. We finish up with Logan, AAA, and Clay County. So we've got a tough schedule, but I hope that we can continue to improve. And, uh, Bill, I, I feel like we're getting there, and I like the fight that I saw tonight. We didn't quit, and I think if we can keep that going, then maybe we can make some noise in the tournament. Coach Joe Linville, this, you know, to play that tough schedule like you're talking about, you play some really tough AAA programs. That's what makes your team grow and to be stronger when the postseason play rolls around. Yeah, I feel like that we've seen every style of play. And, again, it's hard sometimes, Joe, you and, uh, you know, Ryan, Bill, all of us that that cover basketball and and have been involved, you see the big picture. But sometimes it's getting people to understand that big picture because when you're taking a few on the chin, they they don't see the growth that we see. But I feel like our schedule will get us ready for sectionals and we'll take our best shot. And if we do the little things – I think we can make a little bit of noise, uh, but obviously our region is is very difficult. And our section, like Ryan said, if 
you survive the section, you know, all you got waiting on you is Sissonville, Clay County, Polka, and Nicholas County. So uh, it, it's going to be whoever comes out of Region 4, I think, will be well representing this area. Should be a, a lot of uh, fun. And, 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 Coach, we don't want to necessarily just gloss over this year, but while we have you here, the new regional alignments for next year are already out. They are the final, uh, not just to propose now. They, they are the final. They're, they're set. And uh, you end up in a, in a section that is qu- uh, pretty wide-ranging with uh, Tug Valley and also St. Joe and a lot of schools in between as Tulsa drops down in classification next year. I know you're focused on this year, but uh, looking forward, uh, the change in classification doesn't necessarily change the, the quality of, of some of the opponents you're going to be stuck with either. No, I think it, uh, it it's intriguing, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, you know, I've got to get a map out and find out where Calhoun County's out. Uh, you know, all of a sudden we go from being in a region, uh, you know, where you're fairly regionalized, and, uh, you know, somehow the powers that be, uh, and we'll play whatever's in front of us. We're in a seven-team section that goes all the way from Sherman to Van to Buffalo Putnam to Hannon to us and St. Joe, and they plucked Van, Tolson, Tug Valley out of what should have been Region 3, and moved them into Region 4 all the way to Calhoun, Williamstown, and Park Catholic. And by the way, they leaped over Charleston Catholic on the way up there and shifted them to Region 3. So it is what it is. We did send in some recommendations. We felt that regional integrity should play a part. And the easiest thing, Ryan, in our mind, man was going to double A. We were going to single A. That was the only two changes in this region was to flip them into our spot and us into theirs and keep everybody. So we weren't the only ones that were a little surprised by it, but it is what it is, and you just got to play it out. But there's seven teams in our section, and again, I'm flipping through the almanac right now, or whatever it is that has maps in it. I'm trying to find out where Calhoun County's at. Head north. Yeah, you, you'll be uh, now. Now, hold on just a second here, because I want to give I want to give you the exact uh, the coordinates. Way. Yeah, let, let, let me get the coordinates for you here. But now, uh, Calhoun County, I believe Mount Zion is where you're wanting, wanting to, to find there. Uh, so good luck with. Uh, Good luck with Well, I got a, a, my brother-in-law's from Ripley. He said, "Rick, I think it's close to an hour out of Ripley." So I know how far we are from Ripley. So interesting. <laughs> well, that'll be a that'll be an interesting uh, <laughs> interesting time next year. Of course, I know this year coming up. Hey, you got Sissonville uh, for Senior Night. One senior on your ball club uh, to honor next week, and uh, I know that obviously Sissonville's a, a very tough opponent. And um, but again another opportunity for your team to to just grow a little bit. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Michaela Messers, our only senior. We've got a lot of young players. We want to come out and give a great effort. Uh, on senior night, it'll be a twin bill. Uh, we play the early game. The boys are taking on Sissonville in the evening game, uh, the second game. So encourage everybody to come out and support uh, our seniors. And like you said, Ryan, uh, we'll just keep soldiering on, and hopefully the Lady Rebels can, uh, can continue to get better and, and hopefully peak at sectional time. Well, Coach, the last two weeks we've given you an hour off, and tonight we're going to give you – Two and a half hours off. <laughs> thanks for joining us, and, uh, and thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, thank you for you guys filling in too. I appreciate you no guys. No problem. Guys and it's a job, short right? drive home tonight too. So, yeah, there you go. Hey, that's Coach Rick Marone of the Tulsa Lady Rebels. Yeah, not not very. He doesn't have as far to go tonight, so uh, we certainly appreciate him taking time to talk with us. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll get you an updated scoreboard. We'll also talk with Bill Nestor, WPDX. 
He had the Robert C. Bird Preston Boys game. We'll talk with him when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting BasketballNight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Heinzman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason989, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thief, Tina Lane at Tina Lane71, Jason Westfall, Coach D, One Life, Hunter Ridgeway, Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mr. Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Now don't be sad, I'll tell you. <laughs> but it's only one out of three guys. Ryan Epling, Joe Lenville. Bill Cornwell. You know, those guys in the back, I tell you, you just you give them an idea and they take off with it run. immediately. Yeah, they exactly. run with it. Oh, that's why they're the best in the business right there. They're the best. They, they earn every dollar they make on this program, <laughs> which pays in pizza. But nonetheless, <laughs> so we're all good. We're happy. We enjoy this. We do this because we like to, uh, to do this. And, again, it's 934 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, if you want to give us a call, one eight five five three four five four seven zero nine is the number. We will talk with Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio. He had the Robert C. Bird Preston boys game. We'll talk with him in just a moment. But first, it's time for another check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Final scores tonight, Big Atlantic Classic. Capital defeats University in boys basketball action 69-56. It was Greenbrier East over Shady Springs 76-60. 
in the hometown invitational tonight. Cameron defeats Buffalo 63-43. Also tonight, boys basketball action. It was Frankfurt defeating Fort Hill, Maryland. I had that score wrong earlier. I did. I apologize. Frankfurt beats Fort Hill 56-54. Magnolia tonight behind 38 from Preston Boswell defeats Payton City 74-44. Now it's gone final. Pendleton County defeats Moorefield 53-35. Luke Cooper 16 points in the win. Nicholas County defeats James Monroe tonight, 69-45. It was Brooke over Steubenville, Ohio, 66-64. The Pikeview Panthers defeat Liberty Raleigh in a fantastic ball game tonight. Final score, 73-71. Pikeview gets the win, 6-3 tonight, 25 points from Pikeview's Hill. Big game for him. Hometown Invitational final, or excuse me, at the half. Greenbrier West 36, East Hardy 32. We'll look for an update from that one. Uh, also looking for an update from Van and Tigers Valley in the Hometown Invitational tonight as well. Need an update on that one. Other finals though tonight, Kaiser's Golden Tornado defeat Berkeley Springs 63-60. to It was Bluefield over Mount View 74-32. Webster County defeats Braxton County tonight 79-73. It was Bridgeport going to 11-0. The Indians defeat Fairmont Senior 67-56. Buchanan Upshur over Lewis County, 60-54. Scott defeats Chapmanville Regional. The Skyhawks hold on. Scott gets the win, 66-62. It was Wheeling Central, 67. Charleston Catholic, 44. Also tonight, a final score. It was East Fairmont over Liberty Harrison, 67-57. Philip Barber defeats Elkins, 83-69. Grafton over Lincoln, 61-56. The Bearcats are 11-5. Also tonight, Hedgesville defeats Musselman, or excuse me, leads Musselman, 45-36. That's the end of the third quarter. Final score, it was Herbert Hoover over Tulsa, 43-32. Huntington defeats Cabell Midland tonight, 86-40. Still waiting on a final, but last score we have from the end of the third quarter, it was Martinsburg leading Jefferson, 60-42. Final score tonight, Tug Valley beats Mann, 89-48. It was Midland Trail defeating Doddridge County in the Hometown Invitational, 56-49. Gilmer County beats Parkersburg Catholic. The Titans get the win, 59-52. Robert C. Bird goes to 11-2. The Eagles fly past Preston, 65-30. Also tonight, final score, Spring Mills defeats Washington, 58-57. Tucker County beats Southern Garrett, Maryland, 51-43. Wyoming East tonight, a win in the Wyoming County rivalry over rival Westside, 64-47. Joe has a check of the girls' scoreboard. Still looking for the final score in the Sissonville-Mingo Central game. Uh, last update we had is at the half, Sissonville led the Miners 38-9. It was the Warriors from Wyoming East defeating the Capitol Cougars, 62-43. Morgantown over Greenbrier East, 65-35. It was the Fayetteville Pirates over Pocahontas County, 37-29. Lincoln County fell to into the hands of the Raiders of Roan County, 60-54. It was Ripley over Riverside, 59-42. South Charleston over Spring Valley, 69-46. South Charleston goes to 12-2 on the season. It was Pikeview. The, 
fell to the hands of Summers County by one point, 56-55. It was the Wayne Pioneers over the Tulsa Rebels tonight, 53-48. And St. Albans defeated Winfield, 56-42. And that is a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. We mentioned on the boys' side, Robert C. Bird defeating Preston tonight, 65-30. The Eagles now are 11 and two and bill nestor wpdx had the call of that game tonight another big win for rcb bill yeah it was ryan big win for rcb uh fifth game in a row consecutive win for robert c bird and they uh obviously with the game tomorrow uh, hinging with the uh, championship game in the big atlanta if they wanted to get business taken care of early and they did just that jumped out to a 25 to 4 lead after the first quarter of play and, and cruised to the big win, had 11 different players in the scoring column, placed by Luke Dyer, who led all scores with 17 in the contest. Dyer with a nice honor prior to the game, as he's been chosen as a McDonald's All-American nominee. So uh, he's had a great year, great career, as a matter of fact, for the Flying Eagles, and uh, he paced him and, and led him in the attack here this evening. Well, tell me about this past week, just in general, for Robert C. Bird. You've had a, a game at the Raleigh County Convention Center and a 17-point win over Independence uh, three nights ago, now back on Tuesday. A win tonight at home over Preston and then back to Beckley tomorrow for an afternoon game. That's kind of a rough turnaround. It sure is. I'll tell you, back and forth, and uh, it's been exciting. As Robert Hubert's had some success here, uh, you know, playing some good basketball and, and not much of a turnaround. As a matter of fact, counting tonight's game, five games in the next eight days altogether. You, you look back at that win over Independence on Tuesday at the Raleigh County Armory, Bird had a six-point lead at the half and uh, really cranked it up in, in the second half defensively, forced a total of 21 turnovers in that game and uh, finally got advantage in the third quarter and rode out a pretty easy win in the fourth quarter over over the Patriots. So they had a nice win there and then uh, flipped it back here and got this one, and like you talked about, a uh, real quick turnaround, playing tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And, uh, so it's going to be a, a rematch and also a revenge game kind of for Wyoming East as RCB defeated the Warriors early in the season at, uh, at Fairmont, in Fairmont, excuse me, at the Army there. So these two teams are locking up for the second time this year. So it'll be a pretty interesting matchup, I think, tomorrow afternoon. And and not to mention, too, also uh, next Wednesday you go back to Charleston to play Westside. Oh, yeah, excited about that. Yeah, one thirty. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah, you look at that, Ron, after, after tomorrow they get Sunday off, and then Monday they'll uh, play host to the Canaan Upshur. And then Wednesday, as you mentioned, uh, back to the uh, Civic Center, actually, for a one thirty tilt with Westside. So uh, not an easy road to hoe, and definitely – uh, Coach Bennett wanted to find out what his team was made of and wanted to have a good measuring stick. Well, he's got an excellent measuring stick here with all this fine competition coming up. You know, obviously you're looking at Wyoming East and then West Side uh, next Wednesday. So you'll see what you're made of here as RCB approaches, which should be a good stretch run to the end. Wearing out I-79 in the process. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, Bill, you, you got three games in five days next week and uh, playing all these games close together like this week and next week, uh, in my mind, it's got to really get you ready just in case you go to Charleston to the state tournament, and you certainly are going to have to play lots lots of action in just a couple of days. That's a great point, and that's, that's what uh, Coach Bennett's hoping for. And, you know, uh, he, he talked about it with me about a week ago when I asked him, you know, tell me about this schedule, Coach. What, you know, what are you looking for? What are you hoping to achieve? And 
And the coach said, you know, we're going to road. I want these guys to be road tested. I want them to be comfortable playing away from home. And that's what he's going to have done here uh, in this stretch. And then, then also you look ahead to next Friday. They get a chance to go back to the Fairmont Armory and play the Polar Bears, which is a, a very tough team as well. So really it's a very tough road to hope. Playing a lot of games in a few days. And a lot of those games happen to be away from home. But, uh, you know, it's, that's what you're going to do to get yourself ready for the uh, – the tournament, and ultimately that's the goal. You know, these are all practice games. Uh, the record's nice, 11-2 start for the Flying Eagles, and, and that's a little bit better than what a lot of people hope for. But ultimately they're all practice games in, in preparation for Charleston. And really it's priceless. It's, it's, a, it's really a priceless opportunity next Wednesday to play there and, and play a quality team like Westside on the Civic Center floor. You know, there's a lot of new players and a lot of for Robert Seabird this year. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, losing the core nucleus of players that they had for four years. Uh, those guys all departing due to graduation. The only remaining starter, Luke Dyer. So a lot of these guys this year that are logging valuable minutes, a lot of them have never really played on, on that floor in Charleston. So to get that experience there, it's very valuable for this team. And they're looking for, for that challenge as well as the challenge tomorrow. Yeah, we mentioned tomorrow there, and you mentioned the uh, kind of a, it's an opportunity for Wyoming East, kind of a payback game because earlier this year, um, Robert Seabird handled Wyoming East 68-54. It feels, though, just from looking through the results, that Wyoming East has played better since that point. And I think, uh, uh, you know, I know RCB is going to uh, go into that game knowing that they're probably facing a better version of Wyoming East than they played the first time around. But but racking your brain a little bit, I know after you get 13, 15 games in, some of them can blend in a little bit. But um, what was Robert Seabird able to do in that first meeting with Wyoming East that helped them get that 14-point win? Well, I remember that, that game vividly. Uh, Robert Seabird did a great job of attacking the Twin Towers, the senior big men, athletic big men for Wyoming East. Got them in foul trouble early, and that was the difference in the game. You know, you want to see teams play at full strength, and really that's the ideal thing when you match up teams to see really who's going to come out victorious. And I thought for the Warriors, they, they really were behind the eight ball because of those foul issues. Not only have they been playing better basketball as a team, but they were also playing a distinct advantage inside. So that that's really what, what crippled them, what hurt them. They weren't at full strength because of those foul issues. RCB is aware of that, and they know that uh, they have that advantage. Probably won't get that advantage again tomorrow. They'd love to have it, but realistically, to get both big men in foul trouble that early, things just fell into shape. And then early in the third quarter, when the bigs for Wyoming East got back on the floor, they picked up a couple of fouls early right there in that third quarter and went right back to the bench. So that was the advantage for Robert Seabird in that first lockup. And so, uh, you know, that's the game plan again. You want to try to get get the uh, big men in foul trouble, but uh, ultimately sometimes that doesn't happen, and then you've got to rely on other sources. So uh, I look for a fantastic game. You know, I, and we talked about that payback factor. I'm sure the Warriors are going to be ready to play, and, and it should be a great game. Of course, you know, you, you look at these kind of situations, and anytime you play in an afternoon like this, you know, teams tend to have a slow start. So I think for Robert Seabird, uh, they've got to have a, a, a quick start. And, of course, this, this long of a trip, uh, trip coming off of this game tonight, it's going to be difficult as well. So those are a couple of things they're going to battle as well as a, a pretty fired-up warrior, warrior team. So that's what you're looking at. That's what happened in the first win for RCB. And that's what we're going to see, I think, tomorrow afternoon. These two teams will lock it up. I think it's going to be a really close game. It's going to come down the wire. It's going to be an exciting Class AA championship game. Playing on a neutral floor, do you think that uh, throws anything into the mix? 
Well, I, I think it's uh, going to be the same situation as they had the first time because when these two teams played early in the year, they played at the uh, the Fairmont Armory. So that was kind of a neutral site. Matter of fact, that's Robert Seabird's home away from home, guys. They've played uh, three games there already. Uh, they'll play their fourth game at the uh, Armory in Fairmont next Friday. So it's been the home away from home, but it was a neutral site for both teams. And there really wasn't a, a big crowd in that game. As a matter of fact, it was kind of a smaller crowd, if I remember correctly, a quiet type of atmosphere for that game. I look for the game uh, tomorrow to have a much bigger crowd, uh, much more buzz, much more electricity. That usually tends to bring out the best in players, so hopefully that will elevate the level of play tomorrow as well. Bill, always a pleasure. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Definitely appreciate you too as well. Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio, voice of the Robert C. Burr Flying Eagles, who defeat Preston tonight, 65-30. to 30. We'll, or 35. we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, Wade Williamson, head girls basketball coach of the Wayne Pioneers. They pick up a big win tonight over Tulsa. We'll also talk with Chris Kidd, WBOW. He had the Scott Chapmanville Regional Boys game. We'll have that when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Ray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 9.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Bill Cornwell back with you 
here on the program. The Wayne Lady Pioneers picked up a 53-48 win over Tulsa tonight at Rebel Arena. Wayne now 14-3 and on the season. And Wade Williamson is the head coach of the Pioneers in his second year. He joins us now. Coach, first off, congratulations on tonight's win. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, second time you've beaten Tulsa this year. Both good ball games. Beat them twice last year. Also both really good ball games. And uh, I know it, within Wayne County, within AA, Tulsa is kind of the measuring stick for uh, where your program is. And right now, uh, obviously, uh, it seems to be, to me at least, that your program has uh, has started to take flight a little bit here in just your second season. Uh, yeah, I, it definitely is. Uh, it, it's uh, going to Tulsa and winning. Uh, as long as I've been around, it's always been quite a quite a task. And um, I think when you can go on the road and win and beat a quality program that's so very well coached, um, you know it, it it does propel you along, and it is it is propelling us along a little bit. I mean we're. We have a lot of things we need to do better. Um, we're, we're trying to get better every day, but but um, at the end of the day, I think we're, we're on the right track, and, and um, we're doing things, you know, pretty well to keep us and, and be competitive uh, with uh, some of the better, you know, better teams in our area and in our conference. Uh, one player who I thought stepped up tonight also stepped up earlier this week. And again, it fell short against Sissonville, but I thought also kind of announced that you are uh, for real, in my opinion. Um, Haley McComas, uh, another one of those young players. I know that sometimes Ariel Atkins, second team All State captain from a year ago, sophomore this year. Um, you know, Lakin Atkins puts up uh, another good night tonight as well. But McComas has really stepped up for you in the past couple of games. Yeah, she has, and, and uh, she's, uh, you know, she's she started to score a little bit. She She's up and down a little bit with her scoring, uh, just like, uh, you know, you have the tendency to do. And, and uh, the last two games, she's, you know, she's scored well. She's shot the ball well. But but even more important for us, uh, you know, in the way we're, we do things, we're doing things right now, she's, uh, she's so good defensively, and, and she takes care of the ball for us. And and uh, that really is kind of what makes us, uh, you know, makes us go. That's really her, I don't know, calling on our team. And and she can score. And and when she's aggressive, you know, she makes herself so much better. Um, you know, but we've had different people score. You know, we've had five different leading scorers over the course of the year in, in individual games. So. We've been able to be pretty consistent as far as um, and pretty evenly spread out as far as our scoring goes, which has helped us quite a bit, I think. Talk about the excitement around the program because it's. Uh, I know you, you're an assistant coach with the football program. You've been around that for um, more than a decade now and, and three state championships within that time span. It's different, though, for basketball, Wayne. What, what have you seen as that has grown over the past year or so? Uh, it's... It, 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 uh, when we when I first took over and we first started last year and we we started talking to the girls candidly about what we wanted to do and where we wanted to be and and you know and I I basically promised them I said you know if you if you win the crowds will start going up and, and last year we won enough games and played enough exciting basketball to where our crowds started going up and this year's just been 
for us, it's just been something to marvel at. Um, the crowd, the crowds that we've had at our games are just been spectacular. Uh, and, and I think that it's, um, you know, I think people uh, have always been, uh, you know, since I've been around them, been really interested in football around here. And, and they've always had, we've always had good baseball teams and, and a lot of uh, support for those. And I, and I think people just are, are happy to see, uh, you know, something in the winter that uh, they can kind of tie on to a little bit and, and take a little pride in. And uh, so, you know, the girls are doing a good job and, and the students are doing a good job of getting out and, uh, and people are coming. And we're seeing a lot of repeat community people that normally you would not see. And so I, I think that's a big thing. And we had a great crowd on the road tonight as well as Tulsa did at home. I mean, that was, uh, that was a really uh, charged-up atmosphere. It was a really, really good crowd. Hey, Wade, this is Bill Cornwell, and first off, congratulations on the uh, the great start so far, but uh, I know you got a long way to go, and, and you, you have uh, great uh, great hopes for farther down the road with, with this uh, Wayne Pioneer team, but we've been talking about it. We talked about it with Rick Marone that the, it seems to be a good time in Wayne County as far as the growth of uh, girls basketball. The, the feeder schools uh, at the middle school level seem to be doing a good job of feeding good young talent to the three high schools wait yeah I, I, I that's that's a, there's a lot of truth in that and and uh and 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 don't ever get me wrong what's the the growth that's happened at wayne is because of the girls and it's because the uh you know they played a lot of basketball and somebody's done a good job before they got to to me or whatever i'm just kind of i don't know uh we're just kind of working along through it uh, me and the girls and the assistant coaches and so on. Uh, and I think that it, it is a really good time. There's a lot of really, really good players in the county. Uh, you know, our middle school is like 14-1 and one right now, and so that's exciting. And, uh, you know, Buffalo has a really good middle school team, and Vincent has a really good middle school team. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different uh, uh, middle schools that's got good teams and, and, and that have had good teams. And really, uh, there's a lot of young players in the entire county at the high school level, uh, sophomores and freshmen and so on and so forth, that are, uh, you know, making big impacts for their team. So I think, yeah, it is, it, it, it's kind of young right now, but it, you know, it's, it's working out. <laughs> Coach, a big week ahead, a busy week ahead with Herbert Hoover uh, coming in on Monday. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your makeup game at Polka on Tuesday? Yes. And then correct. and then a game at Sissonville on Thursday. Yes. The game on Tuesday is at 4 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, an early, early start. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, was, I was just saying early start there, but um, I want to back up one one game here real fast before we let you go. The uh, the, the loss to Sissonville back on Tuesday, 52-40, but that was a game that you led after three quarters. I felt like you maybe ran out of gas a little bit, but I still think that that also kind of uh, should should be a confidence-building type of game for your for your girls. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... The, it, it was in some way, um, you know. I, I think our earlier game with Lincoln, 
back in, in, in December was, was the same kind of thing. Um, but we did run out of gas a little bit, I felt like, and uh, we, we didn't, uh, you know, they had good senior guards, and, and they decided that they were senior guards, and they decided to, excuse me, make some plays. And uh, we just weren't able to make plays at the right times. Uh, but we did compete, and we can, and that's really all you can ask for is if you could go out and compete and compete at a high level. Sometimes you're going to fall short, and uh, and sometimes you're going to win those, you know, some of those games. But you've got to be in those games first, and, and that's, that's kind of what's important at this point in time of the year is to test yourself and see where you're at. Um, so I, I thought, yeah, I think our girls gained some confidence from it, but they were also, and, and this is a, a real positive in my opinion, they were also very upset uh, to, to lose, uh, and so they don't like to lose. And um, they, you know, so they went back to work, and, and I think that's just what you got to do and, and um, can't hang your head about it in basketball or, or any sport for that matter, but there's such quick turnarounds and, and you got to get ready to play and, you got to move on to the next game, you know. And you did that tonight, Coach Williamson. Congratulations on the win tonight over Tulsa. And um, certainly hope to get to talk with you again in maybe a couple of weeks when we're talking about the postseason more. Okay. I appreciate you. All right. That's Wayne High School Girls Basketball Coach Wade Williamson. We'll step aside, take a break, come back with Chris Kidd of WVOW. He had a great game tonight between Scott and Chapmanville Regional. We'll also have a scoreboard update a little bit later on. We'll hear from Jordan Mounts. He had the call of Tug Valley and Man as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP. LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WBOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204 Streaming online high definition video can be found on our website BasketballNight.com and on affiliate RSNSports.com Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. 
If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 10.03 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwall with you. Um, can't really talk about it right now, but uh, we did just get some um, some really uh, some tough news yeah. uh, regarding someone that um, wasn't affiliated with West Virginia high school basketball or, or sports. So a lot of folks who were out there wouldn't know, but someone who was um, involved in the uh, community. In terms of here at Marshall University, um, someone well-known, well-liked, and I uh, just got some really bad news on that. And um, can't, really, can't really talk about it just yet. Um, we don't want that type of – we don't want people to hear about it for the first time from us who are closely – closer to that situation. So we're going to wait on an official release from uh, – from the university that she's currently that a person was currently affiliated with before we um, go any further on that, but just kind of a kind of a sobering moment right there. Um, Perspective. I hate and I hate I hate to be very vague about it, but I, again, I know that some uh, a lot of folks who, who knew this person will uh, will be finding out soon, and um, I just don't feel like they should find out from us just yet. I just want to wait on a release for that. High school basketball tonight, though, throughout the state of West Virginia, a lot of games, um, a full schedule of games. We'll talk to Chris Kidd at WVOW in just a moment, as well as Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio, who had the call Tug, Tug Valley's win over man. Um, Bill, we'll have you do the girls' scoreboard update okay. here in just a minute. I'll do the boys' scoreboard update right now. We'll get a basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Final score tonight, Big Atlantic Classic. Capital defeats University, 69-56. Also in the Big Atlantic Classic, Greenbrier East over Shady Springs, 76-60. Hometown Invitational tonight, Cameron defeats Buffalo, 63-43. Frankfurt over Fort Hill, Maryland, 56-54. Magnolia over Payton City, 74-44. Tonight, Steubenville... Catholic Central Ohio over Oakland, 50-25. Hometown Invitational overtime, a great game tonight. Valley Wetzel defeats St. Mary's, 84-81. Also tonight, across the state of West Virginia, it was Pendleton County defeating Moorfield, 53-35. Nicholas County beat James Monroe, 69-45. It was 
Brooke over Steubenville, Ohio, 66-64. Pikeview defeats Liberty Raleigh tonight, 73-71. Greenbrier West, the final. They defeat East Hardy, 78-62 in the Hometown Invitational. Also in the Hometown Invitational, Tigers Valley beats Van, 50-44. Kaiser, a 63-60 win over Berkeley Springs. Bluefield beats Mount View, 74-32. Webster County. Ends the game on a 15-4 run to come from behind and beat Braxton County 79-73. It was Bridgeport remaining undefeated with a 67-56 win over Fairmont Senior. Final score tonight in overtime, but Cannon Upshur defeats Lewis County 60-54. It was Scott 66, Chapmanville Regional 62. We'll hear more on that game in just a moment. Wheeling Central defeats Charleston Catholic 67-44. Roan County over Clay County tonight 60-54. Also, boys high school basketball action. The East Fairmont Bees defeat Liberty Harrison, 67-57. The Philip Barber Colts even their record at 6-6 with with an 83-69 win over Elkins. Grafton defeats Lincoln tonight, 61-56. It was Hedgesville holding on to defeat Musselman, 62-57. Musselman now has three losses on the year, all three coming in the last two weeks. Herbert Hoover defeats Tulsa 43-32. Huntington over Cabell Midland 86-40. Still, um, let's see here. Still waiting on a final on this one. Martinsburg was leading Jefferson 60-42 after three quarters. Tuck Valley beats Man tonight 89-48. We'll hear more about that in a moment as well. Midland Trail over Doddridge County in the hometown invitational 56-49. Gilmer County defeats Parkersburg Catholic 59-52. Robert C. Bird over Preston, 65-30. South Harrison defeats Richwood tonight in the Hometown Invitational, 69-57. The Spring Mills Cardinals with a thrilling 58-57 win over the Washington Patriots tonight. Tucker County over Southern Garrett, Maryland, 51-43. Wyoming East defeats Westside, 64-47. And a new game at the half at the Big Atlantic Classic, Woodrow Wilson with a 44-22 lead over Hampshire. Bill has a check of the girls' scoreboard. A couple of games from the Big Atlantic Classic today, a battle of double-A and triple-A, and it was the double-A team all the way in this one uh, as Wyoming East beat Capital 62-43. Wyoming East 17-1 and on the season right now. And another uh, Big Atlantic Classic game uh, it was the 17-0 now. Morgantown Lady Mohegans beating Greenbrier East by a score of 65-35. Other scores from around the state in girls basketball tonight. It was Payton City 39-31 over South Harrison. Sissonville beats Mingo Central 74-24. Allegheny, uh, Maryland, winner over East Hardy by a score of 58-36. It was uh, Fayetteville. Winner over the Pocahontas County Warriors, 37-29. Roan County, well, they went over the uh, Lincoln County Panthers, 60-54. Riverside falls to Ripley in MSAC play, 59-42. It was South Charleston, 69, over Spring Valley, 46. 69-46, Black Eagles with that win, and uh, Gary Green's team now tw- uh, 12-2 on the season. It was Summers County. Losing, uh, actually beating uh, the uh, Pikeview Panthers by a score of 55-56. Game we've talked about much this evening. Tulsa falls to Wayne by a score of 53-48. Pioneers, Lady Pioneers now 14-3. St. Albans, Scott James team gets a win over the Winfield Generals by a score of 56-42. Thank you very much, Bill. As 
we mentioned it was a big win tonight in boys basketball for the Scott Skyhawks as they defeated Chapmanville uh, Regional in a game which uh, Scott had a big lead in that one and then had to hold on down the stretch. Scott, though, able to get the win 66-62. Chris Kidd, WVOW, had the call of that one. And uh, Chris, uh, Chapmanville Regional uh, dug itself too big of a hole to get out of tonight. But uh, still uh, another competitive game between those uh, 119 rivals. Yeah, Ryan, and uh, first off, I just wanted to offer my condolences uh, to the family and uh, whoever it was uh, that uh, you mentioned that passed. Again, it just sounded like you knew them uh, pretty well. So, again, I just wanted to say I'm sorry and, uh, you know, just my condolences from uh, me and obviously everybody with the WVOW family as well. Um, but yeah, we uh, we had an interesting game tonight over in Scott, and uh, uh, just uh, it jumped out uh, poorly for Chapmanville from the beginning. Uh, the only lead that Chapmanville held was one to nothing, and after that, Scott just put the clamps on on defense in the first quarter. They jumped out after the first eight minutes to a fourteen to three lead. Uh, it swelled as high as seventeen points in the second half, and then Chapmanville came charging back, uh, cut it all the way down to three in the final twenty seconds of play. Drew Williamson. Uh, who had a really tough game against Poca. The, you know, they were able to shut him down, hold him to just four points, and he came back tonight with a season-high 31 points. He had 17 of those in the fourth quarter for Chapmanville. And, uh, you know, both teams, uh, you know, it was pretty sloppy game overall, a lot of turnovers. Uh, neither team could really get anything going. It seemed like at different stages, uh, Chapmanville uh, just, really struggling from the outside the last several games now tonight they were two of 16 from three point and uh, the only two that they hit were in the final minute of play when our williamson knocked down a couple uh scott really helped extend their lead they hit eight threes in the first half and uh, they kept the door ajar for a while there in the second half missed about eight free throws in the third and fourth quarter uh but uh, scott was just able to do enough to hold them off so i mean two matchups between those two teams this year uh, one went to overtime, the other a four-point game, so both games decided about seven points altogether between the two. But, uh, you know, this will really help Scott uh, after they lost five in a row. They picked up two big wins in a row now, trying to get themselves back into uh, the conversation and seeding. But Chapmanville's really hit a slide here as of late. That's their fourth loss in a row, and uh, things can only get tougher on Tuesday when they go to the Civic Center and take on Wyoming East. Chris, Joe Linville, when you and I had the call of the first Chapmanville-Scott game, uh, I mean, it's very obvious. Scott does just not have the depth like their opponents. Was that a factor in tonight's game? Well, it wasn't so much as it was in the first game, Joe. Uh, you know, we, we talked about early on this year whenever we did the ball game together, and uh, at that time, Scott was just going Iron Man. They were playing just five starters the entire game if they could. Now, in that game against Chapmanville, they did have to go to their bench because – uh, Dolan fouled out and uh, Tanner Bell fouled out late. Uh, I think in the first two games of the season, uh, I read it correctly, the first two games of the season combined, they ended up playing their bench a, a combined 26 seconds right. uh, in those ball games. Uh, so uh, I even talked to Nick Calvin before the game, and uh, I, I just asked him, you know, are your boys holding up? He says, well, we're starting to get some bench back. You know, John Price is back. Uh, on on the team now, and that's helping them a little bit more. They went to the bench a little bit. You know, you saw uh, uh, Kish get into the game for them. Jordan Kish, he provided some good minutes for Scott off the bench because they did get into a little foul trouble tonight. Uh, but both teams were able to sustain pretty well overall on that end. But it seems like Scott's getting a little bit more help on that end of it. And again, it's a it's a talented uh, Skyhawk ball club. And I mean, you look at their record; it really doesn't reflect. 
uh, you know what what they truly are. You you know they you saw the one point loss to Wayne, uh, an eight point loss to Sissonville, uh, a four point loss uh, uh, here, and then a two point loss to uh, to Westside. So this is a team that I do believe is better than the record. I mean this section uh, we've even talked about it. It is is down this year compared to where it's been in years past. Uh, it's going to be difficult, I think, for one of these teams to. Uh, not just make it out of the section, but also make it to Charleston because the other side of it is a lot tougher this year with, the, you know, obviously Polka, who, you know, doesn't look like they're going to lose to a West Virginia team unless they just get lost on the way to the gym or something. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, that team's just so impressive. I mean, Chattanooga hung well with them on Tuesday night, out of that three-point uh, deficit in the third quarter, but... You know, once they turn on the afterburners, there's just not a whole lot you can do. And then Herbert Hoover's so much more improved this year. Sissonville's a tough ball club. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be rough for one of these teams out of this section to make it to Charleston. Definitely not impossible. Uh, but I honestly, you look at all five of the teams in that section right now, they've been beating each other throughout the entire season. I think that'll be one of the more interesting sectional tournaments. Uh, whenever we get there in a couple of weeks, because I think all five teams could make a run and potentially win it at the Willie Acres Arena. Chris Kidd, this is uh, Bill Cornwell, and you, you mentioned uh, obviously talking about tonight's game, but uh, Chapmanville, they certainly have not been ducking anybody. You talk about tough scheduling. Uh, they've lost four in a row, but those four losses besides tonight have been to uh, a pretty uh, tough, uh, gritty Tulsa team. You mentioned Pokin and playing them, and, uh, you know, don't look like anybody's going to touch them. But also uh, a good test, a 69-64 loss to uh, St. Joe. Uh, St. Joe's uh, one of the top triple or single A teams in West Virginia. Another big test for Chapmanville that night. Yeah, that's something that Brad Knapper's really uh, championed ever since he came in for Alan Hatcher. And, you know, a lot of people kind of forget that that hire happened uh, right whenever three-week practice was uh, opening up around the area here in uh, southern West Virginia. So uh, Coach Napper really didn't get uh, traditional time with his team uh, whenever they got started this year. But he always said he, that he wanted to play a tough schedule. And, uh, you know, even with those four losses in a row, like you said, it's a much improved Tulsa ball club. You know, we were up there last Thursday to do that game, and, uh, you know, they just they look completely different. Uh, thankfully for them, they've gotten a lot more of the players and athletes out this year to help them out, uh, especially after making that state finals running football. Uh, so they're a lot tougher. I would say that they maybe are at the top of the section right now with everybody else kind of creeping at them. Uh, but, yeah, Huntington St. Joe, they've got a lot of length, very quick, move the ball well. Uh, that was another game Chapmanville trailed all the way throughout, took a brief lead in the fourth quarter, but St. Joe was able to get away from them. And then Polka, uh, they did a nice job slowing the game down with them. Uh, Tuffy struggled, only had four points in that game. Chapmanville did a nice job defensively with him. Uh, but right now for Chapmanville, really it's uh, offensively where they've run into some problems. Uh, Williamson is really the one that gets everything going for them. That uh, Sometimes supporting cast really puts in a huge effort and is able to contribute a ton. Sometimes not so much like tonight at halftime. Williamson had 14 of the 19 points at intermission. But then in the second half, Jordan Witt, he's the only senior on the ball club. He really stepped up, scored 12 second-half points. But then you've had other games where Dylan Smith stepped up, uh, Hunter Neal, so on down the line. But uh, it's an extremely young Chapman Go ball club. One senior and two juniors on the roster, and the rest are sophomores and freshmen. And really the bulk of their point production comes from their sophomores. So uh, I, I think a lot of people can uh, excuse some of the faltering, but one of the things that I've been so impressed with this Chattanooga team this season, and you know, Joe, he can attest to it as well. They just they refuse to give in or relent, 
at any point in time. I mean, they trail by big deficits here and there, and they always seem to find their way back. And uh, that's something that Brad Napper has to be extremely proud of with this ball club is that they just they're, – they're tenacious. They're relentless. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people in the Chattanooga area, you know, you, you don't want to look at the record. You really want to focus on, on the effort that's going on out there. And it's a team that's going to grow together. And I think they've got a bright future ahead of them, uh, just that they're able to surround uh, Drew Williamson with the right parts. Uh, which I think they've got a lot of those in place already. I mean, this could be a dangerous team for the next couple of years and uh, with the sectionals the way they are uh, coming up. I mean, that, that's going to be a really tough section with Logan coming in uh, along with Mann and uh, Lincoln County dropping in as well. That's Chris Kidd, WVOW. We always appreciate him calling Chapmanville Regional falling tonight. Scott's boys get the win over the Tigers. We'll step aside. Take a break, come back. We'll talk with Jordan Mounts. Yeah, the Tug Valley Man game. We'll also talk with Morgantown girls coach Jason White. They've beaten two teams who were undefeated in the past two days. Good couple of days for Coach White's Mohegans. We'll talk with them when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Brian Jones at CRJonesWV, William M. Richards at Lefty1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert53, J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler underscore 242424. Jody Basil, R at Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S. Boggs at Guard Girl 76, and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And... Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-29 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The Tug Valley Panthers tonight go to 13-3 as they break a little two-game losing streak where they lost to Huntington St. Joe in the Big Sandy Superstore Arena, and they lost to Wesley Christian, Kentucky. Uh, if you don't know about Wesley Christian, Kentucky, that's a school that brings in a lot of uh, 
of players from across the country to play a prep school type of basketball team. Uh, Tug Valley, though, turns around and wins by 41 tonight against Mann on the road. Jordan Mounts had the call. Jordan, uh, I don't know that it's a surprise that Tug Valley won, but the margin of victory may have caught even the most optimistic of Panther fans off guard tonight. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 definitely correct in saying that. You know, it was a, it was a great game to watch. Tug Valley just came out and absolutely this absolutely just came together as a team. The group came together, stuck together. They looked focused from the very beginning. Came out and just absolutely put on a show out uh, out there at uh, at Man High School and uh, definitely uh, definitely definitely showed what they are very capable of doing uh, later here in this season. I'm like uh, Ryan. I was really surprised the margin, you know, in this game because you know Co- Coach Harvey Arms has put together a heck of a program up there with the, uh, a a team that is loaded with seniors. So uh, Tug Valley definitely showed up to play tonight. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, c- I can't say enough about the about the group that uh, Harvey Arms has put together, especially. Uh, you know, a uh, kid that I used to play uh, play uh, against whenever I was still in high school, uh, John Thomas Keffer, uh, excellent athlete. The kid just signed with uh, Glenville, you know, Glenville State, I believe, and uh, he's uh, going to further his career in football playing up there uh, as a pioneer. But, you know, Tug Valley just came out. And, you know, guys, the key that Tug Valley did in this game that they have not done all season is rebound the basketball. The, the Panthers just came out absolutely uh, rebounding, rebounding the basketball very well, uh, coming away with 27 on the defensive side of it and 17 on the offensive side of it compared to uh, Mann's 18 defensive and 6 offensive. You mentioned a big win for Tug Valley, and now a great matchup coming up in Charleston. And this might be a preview. This might happen again. Tug Valley and Magnolia going to do battle next week. And I know there's a long way to go before you get there for the ones that for the one that matters, but at the same time, uh, I got to think that's a game that a lot of folks down in the Naugatuck and northern part of uh, Mingo County are looking forward to. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more again on that. With, uh, with Magnolia coming down to Charleston, you know it's going to be a neutral site between two very very talented basketball teams. Uh, Tug Valley uh, coming off this win with Man uh, definitely uh, definitely turning their momentum around a little bit. And they, they're they're taking taking some good energy into that basketball game coming up next week, and uh, that's that's definitely a, a matchup that I look forward to, uh, to to hearing on the radio and hopefully uh, getting over to see. Is uh, that uh, I believe that's midweek, is it not, guys? That's on the tenth, so that will be on Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night. So absolutely, I uh, I may actually get away from uh, get away from my college work up there and uh, try to go see that ball game <laughs> well, that, at, uh, that. over at Charleston. That's going to be a g- great game to watch. And like I said, Tug Valley coming off coming off a win right now. They they need to stay humble. They need to stay stay calm and collected and realize that you know this isn't going to be an easy game. They need to come out and play basketball. But nonetheless, you know, coming off a win like this, it, it has to feel good if you're a Panther player or fan for that matter. Jordan, this is Bill Cornwell, and you mentioned, uh, despite the fact that that uh, Tug Valley has put together a great record so far, and this may be scary for other teams around the state, but uh, uh, sounds like uh, they still have some room to work, and uh, if they get even just a little bit uh, tougher than they already are, watch out! You know, the season for this group. You know, uh, like I said, you know, like, like I said earlier, uh, you know, coming just coming into the ball game, these boys. 
They, they were they were challenged by the coaching staff. I, I was able to step in the locker room and listen to Coach Ed May and uh, all the assistants over there. Uh, one thing that he really stressed to the players before this game was physicality and uh, proving proving to themselves that you know they can come out and make a statement and 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 play uh, and play a, a, an excellent bat four quarters of basketball, which they have struggled to do all year. But they came out today and absolutely played an excellent basketball game uh, from, from start to finish. Uh, and they, they, they definitely finished the job off there at, uh, at Man. Well, an excellent win tonight for Tug Valley and another, uh, as I mentioned, another big game coming up uh, a little bit later on uh, next week at 540 is the scheduled start time for that game in the Charleston Civic Center between Tug Valley and Magnolia. Jordan Mounts, Thank you for uh, joining us tonight. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's Jordan Monster, UFGH Radio. He had the call of that win tonight for Tug Valley. Also, somebody who we've got to talk with a few times the past couple of years. They've won the last two AAA Girls State Basketball Championships. They're undefeated, and they've beaten two teams who were previously undefeated in the last two nights. We're talking about the Morgantown Mohegans, and girls basketball coach Jason White joins us now, and uh, Coach, first off, congratulations on another strong showing and another strong victory tonight in the Raleigh County Convention Center over Greenbrier East. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Uh, appreciate the kind words, and thanks for having me on. Um, two days in a row, you beat unbeaten teams. Wyoming East was an undefeated double-A team. Uh, just a little bit shorthanded, but you beat them by 23, and really, again, defense uh, carrying the way there with a 50-27 to win. And tonight, a 30-point win over Greenbrier East. Uh, sounds to me like your teams are playing very similar to the way that they played, or at least this team is playing very similar to the way your two teams that won state titles played in Charleston. Yeah, uh, you know, I think this, this group is uh, the best defensive group we've had in my three years at Morgantown High, and I think a lot of people would probably – be pretty shocked to, to hear me say that. Um, you lose a kid like Liv Seggy, and everybody's going to say your your defense is going to take a hit. But you know, we we replaced her with Paige Poffenberger, and her defense has been outstanding. And then you know, you also insert a, a, a Shelby Boyle into the lineup and a Lydia Adrian in the lineup. So we added some height and some athleticism, and uh, our defense is uh, is playing really well right now. The kids are, are really. Uh, in tune and in focus with uh, the game plan and, and the scouting report, and then you know what kids uh, on on the opponent's team are, are kids that we need to take away and, and limit. And, uh, we're doing a really nice job. Seventeen and zero now, and allow me a moment to just give uh, some perspective here. You talk about defense uh, in games this year. Gave up 28 in a win at Logan, 18 in a win over Brook, 25 in a win over Wheeling Park, 20 in a win over Logan, 25 to Martinsburg, 31 to a Parkersburg South team that's generally really good offensively, 19 to University. Um, Coach, I've got to say, if I'm a fan of one of those schools, that's hard to watch because you like <laughs> offensive basketball, but it's an effective winning style. And, and we've seen your kids, too. You, you guys can get up and down the floor uh, when, when you so choose. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't always think the opponents think it's the best style of basketball <laughs> to watch or, or, or be a part of, and I, I certainly think they probably dread seeing uh, our defense on the schedule. But, 
I tell you, from a coach's perspective, it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, it, it, it's nice to know that we can struggle on the offensive end and still be right in a ball game because we're holding opponents to 29 points a game. Um, you know, like I said, even on your your worst offensive nights, you, you, you like to think you're going to be hovering around that. So um, we're we always stay in ball games that way. Our kids have bought into that. And, and know that that's our philosophy from the get-go and uh, you know, really, really take a lot of pride in their defense. And uh, it, it just makes my, you know, my heart swell when I hear them you know, talking to, to reporters and, 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 and uh, the media just about our defense because uh, it's something, that, again, that we take a lot of pride in. Jason, this is Bill Cornwell, and uh, I like to say this, there's no rest for the winter because uh, you, you played in a trophy game tonight and, and you get the victory against the Greenbrier East. And then tomorrow night, you play for the OVAC championship against a team that you've taken care of twice already in uh, the Parkersburg South Patriots. Yeah, it's uh, the schedule worked out really weird for us. Uh, we, we had anticipated the Big Atlantic Classic being last weekend and not this weekend. And uh, when, the B, when the BAC decided to move their tournament back a week, uh, we had a decision to make, and that was either drop out of the tournament or um, get in this predicament where we, if we were advanced to the championship, that we would be faced with uh, playing three games in three days. And, uh, you know, it's something I took to the kids, and the kids decided that they wanted to do it. They were up to the challenge. And, uh, yeah, we played, you know, two undefeated teams in the last two nights, and I'm currently in a van, and we are – <laughs> heading up the uh, turnpike, we're getting ready to come into Charleston, and uh, we're heading to St. Clairsville, Ohio, because we have uh, we have a, a conference championship game at ten in the morning. I'll oh wow. And then you get to come back to Charleston next week, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right. And then we're, we're going to turn we're going to turn around and, and uh, uh, go to Morgantown and, and practice for a couple of days, and then come back to Charleston to face a, a very talented South Charleston team on Wednesday. And the little general shootout. Hey, gotta love the travel for uh, this time of year. And uh, coach, congratulations on your uh, win tonight. And uh, obviously, a very good stretch for your ball club, and a very difficult one. And one more test to go before you can maybe breathe for a second, and then get right back into it. Well, it's uh, it's state tournament like, and that's uh, something that it's hard to replicate. But we're going to play three in three days, and two of them are for championship trophies, and. Uh, I think our kids wouldn't trade uh, three days of playing for three days of practice anyway. So, uh, you know, we're going to go get after it in the morning and see if we can and try to bring home a conference championship. All right, that's Jason White, the head coach of the Morgantown Mohegans girls basketball team. And obviously, big congratulations to them. Um, we're up against a break. We're going to wait a second here, though. And um, kind of a little bit later on, you're going to hear – we'll get a scoreboard. We'll hear from West McKinney, W-A-E-Y – radio uh voice of the princeton tigers we'll also have our student athlete standout athlete of the week uh we'll hear from that person also in a little bit but mentioned it at the uh top of the hour and uh got to go ahead now to uh go ahead and 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 talk about a little bit more um the marshall softball family losing uh an alumni today uh emily cooper who was a standout player for the thundering herd she was a part of the 2013 conference usa championship team and uh, ended up being one of the leading hitters in uh, 2014 uh, for that ball club she just served in her first season as an assistant volleyball coach at rio grande 
and she was getting ready to do uh, to be the first in our first season as head softball coach at Jackson High School in Ohio. She's a Jackson, Ohio native. Uh, she passed away after a car accident earlier today. And um, Emily Cooper is uh, someone who was very vibrant and uh, on the field, off the field. Um, just uh, someone who was clear, was uh, enjoyed life and uh, enjoyed being around people. And I know, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tough time because uh, she uh, had a lot of friends at Marshall. She uh, was, like I said, a very vibrant person. If, if she was in the softball stadium, you knew it. And uh, in a lot of ways, it was her energy that kind of, whether she was in the game or not, that, that really uh, is something that, that, that I'll remember. I, I did public dress announcing for Marshall softball. Uh, through much of her career as well, so I got to see a lot of her games. But uh, she passed away today as a result of a an auto uh, an auto accident. And it's just a uh, it's just a tough time. Very sad. She was up at Rio Grande uh, working on finishing a nursing degree, but still staying active in coaching. And as you mentioned, she was going to coach at uh, at uh, Jackson Ohio High School this spring. I'd never had the opportunity to to meet this young lady, but but it's always a tragedy, you know. Somebody of this age just getting into really, you know, the enjoyment part of their life, you know, and uh, into in coaching and and you know, as Bill mentioned, into nursing and and our thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the Cooper family tonight. Definitely the, to the Cooper family and to the uh, Marshall softball family as well, because uh, even though they graduate. They're always still part of the family. And uh, definitely, uh, I guess our thoughts and prayers go out to them. We'll be back with more Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia after this. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High School Basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your call recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com Go to our website and check it out. Find out how you can connect with the show. 
A shout out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Christina Fox at kfox underscore Provado, Traquan Gibson, Lucas Haynes at Luda three o four, Coach Wiley at Alex nineteen sixty seven. Thanks for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 1038 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll hear from Wes McKinney of the uh, the Voice of the Princeton Tigers, WAEY Radio. And we'll also hear from our Standout Athlete of the Week uh, in, a, in a moment. But first... Let's get a quick scoreboard update. I surprised him in the back there. Uh, we'll, uh, winner, winners only here tonight uh, on this scoreboard update as we are a little bit behind. Uh, boys scores tonight, or boys winner site, Capital and Greenbrier East both win in the Big Atlantic Classic. Cameron wins in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational. Frankfurt, Magnolia both pick up victories tonight. Steubenville Central Catholic Ohio beats Oak Glen. It was uh, Valley Wetzel, a winner in overtime in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational. Pendleton County, Nicholas County, Brook, Pikeview, Greenbrier West. All winners tonight, Greenbrier West winning in the Hometown Invitational. Van wins over Tigers Valley in the Hometown Invitational tonight. Also tonight, Kaiser, Bluefield, Webster County. Bridgeport all winners tonight. Bridgeport beating Fairmont Senior. Buckhannon Upshur an overtime win tonight. Scott Wheeling Central, Roan County all winners tonight. East Fairmont, Philip Barber, Grafton, Hedgesville, Herbert Hoover, Huntington, Martinsburg, Tug Valley all pick up wins tonight. Midland Trail will win in the Hometown Invitational. Gilmer County, Robert C. Bird. Winners tonight, South Harrison, a winner in the Hometown Invitational. Spring Mills, Tucker County. Corning Miller, Ohio, beats Wahama tonight. Wyoming East beats Westside, Williamstown, and Woodrow Wilson also. Well, excuse me, Williamstown, a winner, Woodrow Wilson up at half in the Big Atlantic Classic in boys basketball. <laughs> Bill? A couple of games in the Big Atlantic Classic, to, Big Atlantic Classic today, and uh, the winners in those games on the girls' side were Morgantown and uh, Wyoming East. Elsewhere, uh, your winners around the state and girls play were Payton City, Sissonville, Allegheny, Maryland, also uh, Clay Battelle, Morgantown, as we mentioned. Fayetteville gets a win this evening. Also, uh, Lincoln, uh, actually Rome County, Ripley, South Charleston, Summers County, Wayne, and also, Taze Valley gets a win. Yeah, Taze Valley Christian picks up a win over Ambassador Christian tonight as well. So that is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Of course, you can always go to BasketballNight.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can text the program at 
4924 Again, that's 304-249-4924. Standard rates to apply for that. But you can text uh, our program tonight and, and interact with us that way as well. And, uh, of course, the website, basketballnight.com, has all the information on how you can uh, how you can get in touch with us. Wes McKinney joins us now. He's the voice of the Princeton Tigers. Princeton is 6-6 six and six on the season and uh west princeton uh falling uh earlier this week to parkersburg south in the big atlantic classic after falling also uh last week to pike view so uh, a little bit of a rough stretch here for the tigers uh, three straight losses yeah guys we talked about uh last friday and i was only talked about princeton they had a stretch of, of six games in uh in in about 10 days that that they really needed to go three and three in well it's been a really really weird week for princeton right now they're one and three in that stretch and of course they'll get university tomorrow morning at the big atlantic classic just a couple of quick stories here for you last saturday princeton trying to get revenge uh, against pike you at, at gardner down here in mercer county guys and one of the best regular season basketball games i think i've ever seen uh, at any level, Princeton and and uh, Pikeview uh, playing just great basketball. Pikeview, uh, kind of a blue collar, gritty team, not going to let anything get in their way. Uh, big fan of them, by the way. Uh, but they go up by ten at halftime, and Princeton's getting out played, they're getting out hustled. Princeton comes out in the third quarter, outscores Pikeview twenty to nine, gets back in the game. Game goes to overtime. And uh, Princeton, unfortunately, on the wrong end of it, 66 to 63. But guys, it was just a, it was just a test of wills against Princeton and Pikeview. Pikeview feels like they're a little bit slighted because they kind of get excluded from the rivalry that is Princeton and Bluefield. And let's make no mistake, Pikeview Princeton will never be anything that Princeton Bluefield is. But I think this is a really good rivalry for Mercer County. Princeton and Pikeview have now played twice this year. They're going to play a third time. Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, and, and those two games have been decided uh, by a total of now of eight points with uh, with an overtime game in there. And then so Princeton has to uh, forget about that game, and, and, and then they have to go to Greenbrier East on Tuesday night. And, guys, that, that was a really weird game. Uh, of course, everyone knows about the kid at Greenbrier East, Kareem Ezzedine, and the athlete that he is. And Princeton, I, I didn't think they would back down because – they um, they played a Greenbrier East really well in, in Princeton about a month ago, and uh, everyone just kind of thought Princeton wouldn't be intimidated. Princeton comes out, and then they play scared um, early on. I mean, there's really no other way to sugarcoat it. They play scared, and they, uh, they get down 11 nothing, and then they crawl back into it 16-7. Well, you guys may have heard about this. Uh, with about a minute left to go in the, third, or in the first quarter, um, the power just is gone fairly. <laughs> and we have about a five-minute delay. We get the power um, going back, and we finish out the quarter, take the quarter break, come back at about 45 seconds into the second quarter after everyone has uh, – after both teams have had a possession, the power goes out again. Come to find out we have a blown transformer um, just up the road in Lewisburg. So that game is going to be uh, suspended. That game was suspended 
Uh, a continuation date has yet to be announced, but we'll pick that game up in the second quarter with Princeton trailing 16-7 to against Greenbrier East. At a later date, guys, I was joking on air on Tuesday night. I felt like we were, like, playing around the golf or got, like, a baseball game <laughs> in the sixth inning with it, like, tied 3-3 or something because now Princeton and Greenbrier East has to forget about what happened, basically, for the first uh, eight and a half minutes of that game and, and just pick up everything and, and just play like it's almost 0-0 again. But Princeton's trailing by nine, so a very tough situation for Princeton. I just don't know if they were mentally – in the game on, on Wednesday night after having all that craziness happen Tuesday night at Greenbrier. I don't know if Princeton was ever mentally in the game on Wednesday night at the Big Atlantic. And last season, Princeton in a very similar situation, uh, having to play one of the early games at the Big Atlantic Classic in the Constellation bracket. And in the same predicament again this year against, uh, against University. And I, guys, I'm really concerned about where Princeton is mentally because you get that early game at the Big Atlantic and do you think Princeton's the more prepared team because they've had a couple days off. University has to turn right around after playing uh, this evening against Capital. So Princeton should be an advantage, but University is a really good team, and I know that Coach Ernie Gilliard understands that. Looking ahead, if Princeton falls to 6-7, and seven, it doesn't get a ton easier next week because they have a team in Sadie Spring that's much improved from where they were when Princeton – uh, let off the season by beating them, and then have to host Logan, and then they have a big long road trip to East Fairmont. I know that's a lot, guys, but Princeton. Uh, I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. A key stretch for the Tigers coming up here in the next week. That's Wes McKay, WAEY. Always appreciate it, talking with him, the voice of the Princeton Tigers. We got to step aside, take a break. We come back. We will meet our standout athlete of the week. She's a junior Basketball for the Friday night Lady in Raiders. West Virginia. We'll return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. 
up. We want you to become part of the basketball Friday night at West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the daily hoops roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1049 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Andrew Harrison now joins us as he always takes care of our uh, student athlete of the or standout athlete i keep calling them student athletes but they are but standout <laughs> athlete of the week and uh andrew uh the young lady who is this week's standout athlete of the week uh just a junior in high school but still uh, a lot of experience for her on the basketball court yes our standout athlete of the week is katie dobbs and dobbs has been playing since fourth grade and i was talking with her mother mary and and mary was telling me that this family is competitive they still play the game of basketball against one another and, and it continues to this day but she's been playing ever since fourth grade and uh, it's almost an innate ability now to, to pick up the basketball when she first started that's what her mother mary told me and she's been able to uh, skyrocket since katie a junior at Riverview High School. We will have her on in just a moment, but uh, the Lady Raiders off to a good start at 11-5, and five, and um, for a young school in general still, uh, still we talked with Coach Justice last week about, uh, Garrick Justice, about the, uh, the consolidation of Jaeger and, and Big Creek High Schools and uh, kind of getting that community in together, but uh, for her, she looks like uh, she could eventually end up being the uh, school's all-time leading scorer as well. Yeah, and it's one mark that uh, she's uh, inclined to break. But also, Coach Justice, in talking with him, he said, you know, she's a player that I kind of built my system around. And everyone else, this group of <laughs> young ladies that they have uh, a part of this uh, Pike View team, really have filled in and, and worked together and have come in together. So they played well so far. Okay, he's an honor student. She's also a team captain as a junior. And Andrew has more now on our standout athlete of the week, Katie Dobbs. Katie Dobbs is a versatile junior basketball player for the Riverview Lady Raiders. And she is this week's Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. When Dobbs came in as a freshman, she immediately started for the Lady Raiders. And now as a junior, logs almost 30 minutes a game. Head coach for the Lady Raiders, Garrick Justice, says Dobbs has grown in her three years, even though she came in as a polished product. Probably the biggest thing that's changed early on that when the ball would come into her that she was going to shoot it regardless. Now she'll kick it back out, she'll repost, she'll break to get open, you know, set that screen and then roll back into her. But again, she's found other ways to score versus a hey, ball's coming into me and I have to shoot it now. Katie Dobbs at 5'9", plays center for the Lady Raiders, proving to be a versatile force with strength to play the position. Creating mismatches has been key in her career at Riverview. Coach Justice says that's not the only aspect of Katie Dobbs' game that has proved valuable to the team. She does a good job keeping her temper in check, being a person who sees when other players are struggling to you know, kind of pat them on the back. And maybe she's got the chance, maybe she'll pass up a layup just to give them a shot to maybe try and get them going. You know, stuff like that goes a long ways in building team success and chemistry. In the case of Katie Dobbs, the phrase like mother, like daughter can be said. Mary Dobbs, Katie's mother, was a 1,000-point scorer in high school at Jaeger. 
Katie has a chance to reach 1,000 points scoring and 1,000 rebounds for the Lady Raiders by the end of the season. Mary Dobbs says her daughter is unwavering in breaking those totals. She's determined because I had 1,000 points and her sister had 1,000 rebounds. So she said, Mom, I'm determined to break both of them. Mary Dobbs says Katie has a busy sports schedule all year round. Through volleyball, we, this year she done fall basketball. Then we go to basketball. She goes to softball. Then we do summer basketball. So, I mean, it's constantly sports all year. Katie Dobbs is a fantastic player on the court, groomed from an early age to play the game of basketball. As a three-sport athlete, her grades stay consistent with high honors as she strives for excellence not just on the court but in the classroom. With the rest of this season to go and her senior season yet to start, Dobbs is a standout in many ways. Reporting for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Harrison. Thank you very much, Andrew. And now we go to the phone lines. We have Katie Dobbs with us. First off, Katie, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you. And as you... I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, you hear all those kind words. Uh, how'd that make you feel? Um, well, it kind of made me feel good, but at the same time, I know what I need to do to make my team a better team, and I know what I need to do to step up and show these kids that anybody from around our part of the county, which is not known to get out, can get out. We can be out there like anybody else. And you talk about your part of the county and then McDowell County and, uh, you know, unfortunately McDowell County, like so many others, really struggling right now with, uh, with, with the, the coal industry uh, in its current state. But uh, you're, at a, you're at a school that's kind of isolated by uh, geography and kind of a long trip really to get for, to, to most of your ball games, I would presume. How's that kind of travel, does that kind of wear on you guys a little bit? Well, the traveling kind of does get tiring, but as a group, when we travel, we just become a whole lot closer. We, um, when we stay in hotels, we're all the time going to each other's room, telling jokes, playing pranks on our coach, which always <laughs> is the best. <laughs> well, you guys picked up a uh, thirty or forty point win over um, Mount, uh, over Van last night, and then now uh, your team. Uh, continuing on along the, the the season tell me about this ball club having a really really good season on the on the uh, basketball court well we realize that we're having a good season but we always know going into a game we always know that we're just as good as that team and we can win but we always have a chance of losing so we know we have to play our game we bring our game to every game we we honestly do what we have to. Well, that's our standout athlete of the week. Katie, congratulations on that. I know uh, you got a game coming up uh, this week in Charleston, the uh, Civic Center against uh, Notre Dame. So I uh, wish you guys uh, best of luck in that. And, uh, again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. All right. That's Riverview Junior Katie Dobbs, our standout athlete of the week and uh we will go back to the phones in just a moment we'll hear from jamie lamaster george washington high school also hear from bo anderson our resident referee it's we're almost two hours into this program the fastest <laughs> three hours in radio and uh uh joe as before we get to the uh, top of the hour here and just from what you've run across tonight anything that's really caught your eye uh, on the uh on our scoreboard and uh 
or, or that you've run across that we've talked about tonight? You know, some of these teams, you know, you look at it and, you know, there's a lot of disappointment, but then there's a lot of teams that, that maybe have stepped up that weren't expecting to have the seasons that they've had, you know, this far. Uh, you know, you talk about, you know, the Riverview program down there. Uh, I had the opportunity to call a, uh, one of the man games in the MLK Classic uh, a couple weeks ago. Beautiful facility. I mean, it's almost like it's out in the middle of nowhere. But – and. And she ta- and Katie talked about the travel. These girls uh, and and the guys, you know, they become very tight. Uh, not only as as a ball team, but but as friends, uh, and they make lifelong friends when they play you know sports together, especially basketball because it's a smaller group. Unlike football, where you got you know forty or fifty uh, boys on the bus, and you're sitting with different uh, you know students from week to week, and and they do they they become very tight knit group as the season progresses, and and even after the season as they go on in life. Of course, and just to. to to help folks out there again i know riverview is not that old of a school but <laughs> located beautiful in facility Bra- yeah, absolutely yeah, located in bradshaw west virginia in mcdowell county a consolidation of jaeger and big creek big creek of course perhaps best known for homer hickam and, and october sky uh that movie uh, about the uh, the rocket boys so that's just trying trying to give you a little bit of perspective yeah. of where it's located. Jaeger had one of the best nicknames, the Cubs. The Jaeger Cubs. The yes. Jaeger Cubs. Uh, I actually played a basketball game in Jaeger um, long ago. Scott played football there back before the merger, and their their football field is actually downtown. You run out of the back of the end zone, you run out in the street. <laughs> you run out in the street. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, there's a railroad track nearby too, yeah. if I remember yeah. correctly. Yes. Progress happens, but kind of miss yeah. things like oh, yeah. that. Hey, we got to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you a scoreboard update, and we will hear from George Washington girls coach Jamie Lamaster as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. basketball friday night in west virginia the mountain state's voice for all things high school basketball a special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates you can listen to basketball friday night in west virginia throughout the mountain state on great radio stations including 94 rock wrlf fairmont talk 92.5 wthm lp ravenswood ripley power 92 radio 92.3 fm wirc lp spencer 104.5 fm wasp LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. 
If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1101, final hour of this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, February 5th, 2016 version. You guys know we only have like six, five, six shows after this. That's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable how fast this goes. But And it's Super Bowl weekend, and uh, we're still playing football. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and before we get the scoreboard, I do want to mention, if you're watching on our web stream and uh, on basketballnight.com, of course, this is always available as, as an archive as well. So if you're not watching now and want to go back and watch a little bit later, we've got an addition to our set. Down in front of us, is, you see the All Aboard shirt. I know this is on radio also, so I understand that. But there's a, a shirt that says All Aboard, and it is from Guyan Valley, All Aboard the Wildcat Train. Guyan Valley made it to the Boys Basketball State Tournament back in 2003, and uh, the Wildcats made that run, and that was a shirt that was uh, part of uh, the 02, 03 uh, basketball season at Guyan Valley. It's all part of history since they're a part of Lincoln yeah. County High School, school now. School closed what about oh eight? Uh, school closed after the oh five oh six. Oh five oh six. So it's so hard to about believe. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Wow. Hard to believe. Yeah, that, it goes by fast. All right, let's get a basketballnight.com scoreboard update. I should have just went ahead. Really, <laughs> but looking for scores, look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Boys basketball tonight. Final scores. Woodrow Wilson defeats Hampshire 84-46 in the Big Atlantic Classic. Williamstown, a 43, uh, excuse me, a 63-43 win over Work County. Wyoming East defeats Westside 64-47. It was Corning Miller, Ohio over Wahama 71-62. Tucker County's Mountain Lions were 13-1 after being Southern Garrett, Maryland 51-43. Spring Mills Defeats Washington tonight, 58-57. In the hometown Invitational, it was Richwood falling to South Harris, and the Hawks get the win, 69-56. Also tonight in boys basketball action, Robert C. Bird, 11-2 after a 65-30 win over Preston. Gilmer County defeats Parkersburg Catholic, 59-52. It was Sissonville over Mingo Central, 78-56. Midland Trail defeats Doddridge County, 56-49. Tug Valley breaks a two-game losing streak. The Panthers beat Mann, 89-48 tonight. Martinsburg rolls up a win over Jefferson, 78-62. It was Huntington over Cabell Midland, 86-40. Herbert Hoover defeats Tulsa, 43-32. Hedgesville, a winner over Musselman, 62-57. Grafton defeats Lincoln tonight, 61-56. It was Philip Barber over Elkins, 83-69. to 
East Fairmont, 67. Liberty Harrison, 57. Roan County over Clay County, 60-54 to 54 in a, uh, regulation tonight. There was an overtime game. It was Buchanan Upshur, 60. Lewis County, 54. Other games tonight, Wheeling Central defeats Charleston Catholic, 67-44. Scott holds on to beat Chapmanville Regional 66-62. Another close game between those two. The Bridgeport Indians are 11-0 after they beat Fairmont Senior 67-56 in a showdown in the Big Ten. Webster County uses a late run to push past Braxton County 79-73. Highlanders now 14-1. Bluefield defeats Mount View tonight 74-32. Kaiser, the Golden Tornado, beat Berkeley Springs by a final score of 63-60. In the hometown invitational, Van beats Tigers Valley 50-44. It was Greenbrier West in the hometown invitational. A 78-62 winner over East Hardy. Pikeview defeats Liberty Raleigh tonight 73-71. Steubenville, Ohio falls. It was Brooke defeating Steubenville 66-64. Nicholas County over James Monroe 69-45. Pendleton County uh, Winner over Moorfield, 53-35. Valley Wetzel picks up a win tonight. The Lumberjacks defeat St. Mary's in overtime in the hometown Invitational, 84-81. Valley Wetzel now 11-4. It was Steubenville Central Catholic, Ohio over Oak Glen, 50-25. Magnolia beats Payton City, 74-44, behind 38 points from Preston Boswell. Frankfurt, a 56-54 winner over Fort Fort Hill, Maryland. And it was also Cameron in the hometown Invitational defeating Buffalo 63-43. Greenbrier East tonight defeats Shady Spring in the Big Atlantic Classic 76-60. Joe has the girls score. Also from the Big Atlantic Classic earlier today, Wyoming East over Capital 62-43. It was Payton City over South Harrison 39-30. It was the Sissonville Indians over Mingo Central 74-24. Allegheny, Maryland over East Hardy. 58-36. Ritchie County fell to St. Mary's 85-33. It was Richwood over the Clay Patel CB 63-40. It was the GBC Crusaders that was uh, Greater Beckley Christian over Man 56-29. The Morgantown Mohegans remain undefeated at 17-0 with a win over Greenbrier East 65-35. It was Fayetteville over Pocahontas County, 37-29. Hurricane over Nitro, 56-25. Lincoln County fell to the hands of Roan County by a score of 60-54. It was Ripley over Riverside, 59-42. South Charleston Black Eagles over Spring Valley tonight, 69-46. Pikeview, or Pikeview Panthers fell to the Summers County Bobcats, 56-55 in a tight one. It was Wayne over Tulsa, 53-48. St. Albans over Winfield, 56-42. And it was the Montcalm Generals over the Greyhounds of Valley Fayette, 49-33. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. The George Washington Patriots girls team is 11-5. They beat St. Albans, 38-30 last night or yesterday evening, I should say, at the Raleigh County Convention Center. It went a long way for a 
neighboring game there in the Big Atlantic Classic. That happens when you try to get some of the best teams available to play. Jamie Lamaster is the head coach of the George Washington Patriots. He joins us now. And uh, coach, uh, a nice win over uh, uh, St. Albans there yesterday, and a good win earlier this week over Woodrow Wilson. Your ball club playing pretty well right now with four straight wins. Well, yes, sir. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. And second of all, is Coach Wayne Morgantown even assistant coach? I will relocate. <laughs> wow, these guys are just something else, man. But yes, yes, sir. We've uh, we've had a couple of nice wins of late, and went down and uh, you know we saw St. Albans uh, for the second time in as much as a, a week or so, and both games were close, well played, physical, and. We were fortunate enough, uh, both games were eight, nine-point games come out on top. So we're just playing uh, We're playing well right now. Um, now you have a, a game coming up in the Charleston at the Civic Center with Hurricane. You know, you're playing these nearby schools <laughs> in neutral locations, just the way it works out. But uh, the little general shootout and getting a chance to play Hurricane, getting a chance to play on the Civic Center floor, always a, a special thing. Well, I think it's a great time of year to be on the Civic Center floor, you know, mm-hmm. getting towards the end of the season and, you know, kind of get on that floor because we all know it's a tough place to play, a, you know, shoot the ball. And, um, you know, also with the Big Atlantic, when we go down there in that arena, you know, it gives the kids a different environment, kind of a tournament feel, neutral neutral feel, and uh, just kind of gets them ready for what possibly could be uh, coming up here uh, later in the season. Jamie, this is Bill Cornwell. Uh, certainly you're uh... – your club's been very competitive in the MSAC this year. As always, a tough uh, league, and uh, so far, it really looks like a kind of a two-horse race with uh, South Charleston and Huntington. Yes, sir, and uh, that game will be coming up here uh, towards the end of the season. But we have played both teams, and you know we saw South Charleston uh, the third game of the season, I believe, coming out of the uh, Tulsa tournament, and uh, it was a five-point overtime loss for us, and. Um, you know, just it was a great game, great environment, and uh, they came out on top. And then we went down to Huntington and played uh, down on the Highlander floor. And, uh, you know, at the, at the half we were down two. And, uh, you know, with four minutes to go, we were down two. And uh, somehow, you know, we just we turned the ball over and a credit to Huntington's defense and pressure. And then we were forced to foul, and, you know, they ended up beating us. But uh, just, uh, just a great look and very competitive. And that's, that's what we want. I mean, we want to play these tough games, you know, against these, these quality opponents. Coach, you have, again, you have Hurricane coming up this week. You also have Capital, and one week from tonight, a game with Riverside at home. And really now you're getting into the, the home stretch as we, uh, we wind into the beginnings of postseason play here in, in just basically two, two weeks or so. Uh, yes, sir. We'll, uh, we'll go down tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll face Huntington in the Big Atlantic and uh, just a great test force. And we'll come back uh, Monday and play in the Civic Center against the a very good hurricane team and turn right around on Tuesday and have our senior night with Capitol High School. Let's not forget Capitol High School upset us in the section last year. So we're looking to kind of, you know, maybe avenge that. And then on Friday we'll have the makeup game with Riverside and uh, turn right around on Saturday and we'll make the track down to Lewisburg and face a possible regional opponent in Greenbrier East. And again, a great environment. They always fill the stands and it's just a great, great environment. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're we're looking forward to seeing what we can do here. Coach Lamaster, always a pleasure to get to talk with you. And uh, 
certainly wish you guys the best of luck and uh what your team one of the ones that we uh we like to track because uh you guys play good basketball well and i appreciate that and i'll say this time and time again every friday night is an event for me in this house because i put you on the i watch it on my telephone and i i hook up the 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 sound and it's an event for three hours for me because you know that's that's what we do in this household is basketball and we very much appreciate the way you guys cover the sport and everything you do well thank you very much we appreciate that and uh glad to be able to entertain coach lamaster on a friday night as well of course glad uh, that, that all of you are listening tonight uh with us tonight as well hey, it's going right back to the phone lines here we'll talk with uh jeff campbell wron soup in lewisburg tonight and uh he covers the big atlantic classic i know and it's a busy couple of days for him and uh jeff some excellent basketball down there tonight on uh the greenbrier east boys and girls uh both in action and uh a busy day of basketball. It sure is. I mean, the Big Atlantic Classic. I mean, it's just a great week of basketball here in Southern West Virginia, and uh, had some good games this evening as well. And the Greenbrier East boys getting a win over Shady Spring today, and uh, Kareem Azadine. And I apologize if I don't pronounce it exactly right. Uh, it's nineteen points tonight, and uh, he's a guy that. Um, Greenbrier East, uh, if I, correct me if I'm wrong here, transferred from Huntington Prep. But Greenbrier East, he's been able to to really uh, kind of flourish a little bit. Yeah, he's really started to come on in the last, probably, I'd say about the last three weeks, Ryan. But Jim Justice didn't start him for two games, and it seemed like that really uh, motivated him. The first night he didn't start was on the road at Princeton back on January the 14th and uh, finished up with seven points in that game, but he hits a game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer uh, to beat Princeton, and he's really turned it on these last three weeks. I mean, I, you know, when I saw him work out early in, uh, in November when practice started, you can tell the potential was there, and uh, he struggled early in the season, but uh, – what I've seen recently from him, you can you can really tell that he's got uh, he's got a great basketball future ahead of him. Well, the Greenbrier East boys team ten and five. The girls lose for the first time tonight against Morgantown. Of course, Morgantown undefeated too. That was kind of a showdown game, and uh, Morgantown gets a thirty point win. Uh, I think uh, if there was any doubt that Morgantown is still for real after Olivia Seggy's graduation, of course she's getting a lot of playing time at WVU this year. Uh, I think Coach White's crews put that to rest. Yeah, you know, they had a big win last night over Class AA, number one, Wyoming East, to get to the championship game tonight against Greenbrier East. And the Lady Spartans, as you said, were undefeated coming into this game. And I'm telling you, Morgantown has an outstanding girls' basketball team. They've got to be the favorite to win Triple A this year. Well, Jeff, I know we kind of caught you there on, on, on short guard. And uh, we <laughs> on the appreciate, fly. yeah, got you on the fly there. And we appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. I know it's been a busy week for you this week. And, uh, one more big day of the Big Atlantic Classic. Look forward to it, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. You guys do a great job with this show, and uh, I think it's something we've really needed for a long time. Oh, thank you very much. That's Jeff Campbell, WRON, Lewisburg. And I apologize to Bill Cornwell, who's a good buddy of Jeff Campbell's. I didn't even give Bill a chance well, to talk it, with him. I was, ask, I was actually going to ask him a question about – 
coach justice and time management. <laughs> the guy's coaching two basketball games and running for governor. It's a lot. How in the heck is he doing that? He's got a helicopter. <laughs> it's a busy, that's, this a busy, is true. It's a busy day. But this no, no, no hey, we've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will join us. Hey, if you want to text us a question for Bo about Anything. Play, yeah, about about the rules. 304-249-4924. You can text us at. We'll talk with Bo after this on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High School Basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your call recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup you can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com go to our website and check it out find out how you can connect with the show A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Christina Fox at KFox underscore Pravado, Traquan Gibson, Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. Okay, so it's it's 11-19, and in the interest of full disclosure, when I was giving the phone number to text us, again, <laughs> you can text into the show, 304-249-4924. Uh, of course, that's on basketballnight.com as well. If you want to text us a question for our resident referee, Bo Anderson, you can do so. Full disclosure, uh, one, of our, uh, one of the guys in the back comes running in and goes, I was so afraid you were giving out <laughs> Bo Anderson's number. I would just give him their address as well. Uh, right, right. Yeah, I was like, I, we promise not to do that to our resident referee. Uh, after I'll give 20, him driving directions. After 27 <laughs> minutes on hold, Bo Anderson joins us now on the program. Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Well, I can tell you one thing. I'm glad you didn't put my uh, <laughs> 
you know, I know there's probably going to be a lot of pranks as it is, but, uh, you know, thank goodness I, I get enough calls during the basketball season anyway. And I've had a pretty long night tonight, so that was just made it even rougher. (laughs) (laughs) Bo, we always try to come to you with at least one question and and, a situation that we've run across uh, over the course of the week. And be it in, uh, you know, sometimes you see a situation in a college game, and we know that the the rules are different, but you can still apply the same situations can happen in high school games. Something that, uh, that, that caught my attention that I wanted to ask you about today involved substitutions that come during timeouts there's a time when someone can go to the scorer's table and check in when a timeout is called and then there's another situation where they have to wait until after the ball is put in play after the timeout uh, and then wait on the next dead ball can you explain the difference in uh, when someone can check in while a timeout has been called Right. They have to, uh, that's very easy. During the timeout, if it's a 60-second timeout, they have to have reported in to the scores before the first horn hits, which means 45 seconds of the timeout is gone and there's only 15 seconds left. If it's a 30-second timeout, then obviously at 15, they have to be uh, at the table reported in. If they're not, they simply just don't go in the game. Um, that's That's a pretty easy rule right there. Hey, Bo, this is Joe Linville. I guess my co- uh, question tonight is, is, you know, the referee crews, when they go to, to these high school bo- uh, basketball games to call a game, do they decide before the game if they're going to let the boys play or if they're going to call the tight fouls or if they're going, you know, because some crews will, you know, let the boys, uh, you know, do some bumping out on the floor and some crews will not? Well, Joe, that's a good question and it'll bring me to the kind of game I had tonight a little bit, and then I've got one thing I want to talk about. Uh, That's a good question, Joe. Joe, I always, uh, basically, if somebody asks me how I call the game as an individual, I'm going to call it the way it's played. Usually if it's played well, the officiating is pretty good, and if it's played awful, then the officiating is not very good either, and it really don't make any difference who's working the game. Um, No, you know, you never can tell. I mean, game to game, it's, it's totally different. And, uh, you know, sometimes you might have a possibility that you've had the game previously and now you've got it again and you kind of know what happened the last time. But, you know, and then sometimes it's a totally different game. Uh, it brings me to my game tonight, of uh, which I would like to uh, forget about because it's probably one of the worst games that I've ever had. And it brings me to some sportsmanship. We actually had a game, and I won't mention the teams. There were eight technical fouls and three double fouls in this game. And uh, simply because it's not even in our state, I'm out of state, I'm going to go and say that this is a reflection of coaches not taking care of business with their players. And, you know, they're going to act like the coach allows them to act. Uh, Some of them were directed towards uh, me and my crew, and then some of them were directed towards the other team, most of them towards the other team and each other. And and I just don't understand. Uh, More and more, uh, you know, and I read James's column about, you know, about what's been going on too a little bit, and and people have forgot that this, this is a high school sporting event 
and it's a high school game, or in his case, he was talking a little bit about middle school. And, and I don't understand that. And and people, will, you know, they're hollering at you and all that stuff. And there's nobody having more miserable time out there than the guys working that kind of game, I can promise you. Does it? Do you think that, you know if you do let the players play, uh, just like you said, you had a tough game tonight. Does that let? Does that more apt the, that the players are going to get out of control than than if the officials call, called a controlled game right from the very start? Absolutely, and I mean, we you know we were calling the stuff that happened right off the bat. It's not like you know a foul is a foul, uh, you know a travel is a travel. You know, it's not like there was any decision making going on. And these players and and the coaches and stuff, they just they just didn't pick up on the fact that you know we're not going to put up with it. Uh, you know, there's and in a sense, in saying let them play, hey, you know, some it depends on the players. I mean, some of the bigger kids, you know, they can go at it and be real clean about it, or they can get really, you know, have two guys that you know. Tonight I had two players and. It looked like the WWE all over. I mean, you know, you just keep calling fouls. And, you know, my thing is when I'm working the game, you know, I blow the whistle five times on both you guys, and both of you can go sit down to each one's individual team bench and be done with it while I'm still out there refereeing the game. So, you know, I, and I don't want to do that. And, you know, it's a, it's a miserable night for everybody uh, when that happens. But, you know, letting them play – it's it's up to the players. It's up to how they play, and if if they can play good and and things can go through just fine, then you know we can you know we can make our adjustments and say hey you know and there's plenty of games I've had that were fun, but tonight exactly wasn't any fun, and it really didn't have to do too much with the contact fouls. It was the it was the verbal stuff uh, that went with it, and um, you know that's one of the things that I really uh, was disappointed with. Is nobody really tried to grab a hold of it and say, okay, next time somebody gets it, they're going to go sit down. They're not playing anymore. And, uh, you know, that, that, it makes it tough whenever it's not dealt with. <laughs> Bo, Bill Cornwell here. And, um, you know, a couple months ago, we, we got the season started and we talked about some uh, points of emphasis uh, for the season, uh, uh, along with the administration of the game. Uh, obviously, a, a, emphasis throughout basketball is freedom of movement and in the clutching and the grabbing and, and at this point after two two months into it Bo uh, have the have the kids and the coaches pretty much uh, adapted to uh, those points of emphasis for the most part yes uh, they you know they have uh, I've only had a couple of games lately where they, they still didn't understand that you, you can't put two hands on a player and got them where you want them you can't arm bar them all over the place and you can't continuously hand check them uh and if you know if you know you know we blow the whistle and we make the calls it's up to the players to figure out hey they're calling it uh you know we got to back off you know you got to play defense with your feet not your hands i mean you know if you let me put two hands on a on a person then i can i can play basketball with anybody still uh you know if i can guide them around but you know they they've done a little bit they've done a little bit better uh, with that. I think they're getting more used to it. And you know, and again, every official is is different. You know, everybody's got their own styles and and, and they've got their own decisions that they make. And you know, good, bad, or ugly. Um, you know, you have to uh, figure out what the official that's working your game is doing, what the crew's doing, and you know, you have to make your adjustments 
uh, as a player, as a team, and, and as a coach. But one final question, and this was another another thing that I saw a couple of times in, in various situations this week, is uh, uh, in terms of a shooting foul, you see a player start an upward motion with the shot. Sometimes you see them like on a layup attempt where they picked up the dribble and are into their striding for the layup. When do they become a shooter? Okay, that's continuous motion. And once they pick the basketball up, and if they get contacted, they can still take their step, they can still pivot towards the basket, and they can finish their move to the basket. And a lot of times, you know, it's the same rule basically as the NBA, except for the only difference is the NBA allows an extra step. So whenever you start out and you pick up your dribble and you don't dribble again and you take a you know you start to pivot to shoot a hook shot or take a layup or take a running jump shot or whatever you're doing if you get fouled while you're picking the ball up you're still allowed to finish that move and finish your you know finish your shot. So uh, continuous motion uh, sometimes uh, there's guys out there that you know and and I'm saying this because you know as a whole there's guys out there that let baskets that go in uh they disallow them and and say it the foul was first but you know there's a lot of times where that basket probably should count because you are allowed to finish your your play um there's one thing i want to go with too from last week i've got two things i want to touch on if i've got time uh last week uh ryan talked about team celebrating uh coming out on the floor hopefully that hasn't happened yet um and what I didn't mention in that last week because we were kind of rushed is, and I think one thing I should have said was no players are ejected in that, and it's one team technical, and it's charged directly to the head coach for the team leaving the court or the bench area. That does not count fighting, and fighting is different, and I've mentioned fighting before, uh, that they each individual – person will get ejected uh one indirect to the head coach if there's all out there and no one participates if they participate each participation counts as an indirect and the coach only gets three indirects and he's ejected uh i wanted to clear that up make sure everybody understood that because i didn't get, get to kind of finish on that last week the other thing that i we have a little problem with now and i don't understand and I want to tell everybody out there who has people who are keeping the book, the home book in a high school game. Now, not middle school or JV, but in high school basketball, the home bookkeeper must wear a striped shirt or garment, a black and white striped shirt that's similar to the official shirt. I, we're having problems with that because I've been to some places where they – have said, well, you haven't wore it all year, or you've got to wear it. I mean, people don't realize, but stuff like that kind of gets us in trouble because they, you know, maybe the state is looking at a film and sees that they don't have a striped shirt, and they see the three officials out there and call them and say, hey, what happened to the official book? And, you know, if we don't have a really good excuse, they're going to hammer us. My suggestion on this, too, is, you know, I know that different sized people keep the books, big, tall, whatever. Get a penny. A, there's like $6 for a black and white striped penny 
and put it over whoever's keeping the official book and just keep it in the office or the locker room or somewhere where you know where it's at and can get to it because I know different bookkeepers, uh, different schools have maybe two or three different people keeping the book and they may not all be able to wear the same shirt. So uh, I am asking everyone out there to, to please get the striped shirt or get a penny that's black and white striped so we, we don't have issues as officials. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson, clearing the air on a few of the issues that, uh, that we had for him, and we always appreciate him. We've got to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Rich Skeen. He's the head boys and girls basketball coach at Sissonville. He is not running for governor. We'll also talk with uh, we'll have our co-host, James Collier, and Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal. Our scoreboard's coming up at 1145. We'll be back with more in two minutes on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert53, J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler underscore 242424, Jody Basil, R at Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S. Boggs at GuardGirl76, and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.35 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you here tonight in the studio. Again, we'll get our scoreboard update kind of at 11.45. But I do want to mention real fast, there are a few scores that we are looking for. If you know these scores, tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. You can text us at 304-249-4924. Again, that is 304-249-4924. Four nine two four. Um, scores we are looking for are 
boys basketball action. Uh, let's see here. West I want to make sure we get them here. West, there's two of them. West, West Virginia School, School of the, the Deaf, Deaf and, and Mountain, Mountain State. They can't hear us. Right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll try to get to them. That's in a tournament. And, and also Point Pleasant uh, Hurricane. Yeah, Point Pleasant Hurricane. Come on, Coach Sutherland. Give us a yeah, And we're looking for that tweet. for the boys' games and the girls' games, Wahama and Hannon. Also, Doddridge County, Webster County, James Monroe, and Mount View. We're looking for those scores. If you have them, get them to us at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter or uh, call us. Not call us. Tweet us. You can call us too, but tweet us at uh, um, text us. Excuse me, three zero four two four nine four nine two four. We talked about doing double duty, and someone who has been able to do so successfully as head boys and girls basketball coach at Sissonville High School is Rich Skeen. He joins us on the program now, and coach, a couple of nice wins for your teams tonight on Minor Mountain, or excuse me, against Mingo Central. Uh- yeah, it was against me. It was at our place. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it was a nice Friday night in Sissonville. Yeah, uh, the girls get the win, seventy-four twenty-four. The boys picking up a win, seventy-eight fifty-six. And uh, want to back up a little bit because I did get a chance to see your girls' team in action on Tuesday at Wayne. Uh, you picked up a fifty-two forty win as a game in which uh, you came from behind. And I thought the strong guard play of your senior guards and Pinkerton and Jones uh, really kind of carried you in the fourth quarter of that ball game, and they got things settled down and, and, and also got the uh, quote-unquote supporting cast involved a little bit more in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree, uh, Wayne. And they're just a, a, a good team between some just doing a great job there and uh, just really improved and uh, uh, we consider that a very good win for our girls that was to go in there uh, a team that hadn't lost a game in our conference and uh, to get that win to win uh, I mean we really feel like it was a good win for us but you're right it was uh, Pinkerton and Jones really calmed us down in the fourth quarter and uh, got some other people involved and and uh, and that's what you expect seniors to do, and that's even what Coach Williams to say. So, yeah, his girls are kind of young, and and uh, just kind of you can see, uh, uh, you know, what a little bit of age will, will do for players, a little bit of experience, and uh, I think that's what got us that win at Wayne Tuesday. And on the boys' side of things, you're on a four-game winning streak, uh, having uh, beaten Scott and Tulsa at home uh, uh, last week, and then a win at Wayne earlier this week, and a win at home over Mingo Central tonight. So four straight for your boys as well. Yeah, yeah they're playing really well. We just uh, I've told people and, and anyone that seems to play uh, can uh, know that I'm telling the truth here. So I think it's the smallest boys team I've ever seen, uh, just height wise. Just um, when we do starting uh, lineup uh, on the PA system, we list them all five at guards. And uh, when we go on the road and uh, and uh, tell them, uh, people will ask, hey, we're going to introduce your starters, and uh, can you tell us your position, each position stuff, and we tell them, well, he's a guard, he's a guard, he's a guard. So, well, who's your host? And, well, we don't have any. So, uh, uh, all guards, and uh, they're fun to coach. Uh, uh, they're frustrating at times because you think if you have a team full of guards, you should be uh, great shooters and uh, be able to press and stuff like that. Uh, at times we can, and other times we can't. So, uh, they're frustrating sometimes, but they're they're really fun. And uh, four game winning streak's been a, a pleasant surprise. And uh, they've just fought their way through uh, playing against bigger guys and stuff. And uh, they're fun to watch sometimes. 
Coach, this is Bill Cornwell, and uh, certainly you've uh, congratulations on on the good work on both the girls and the boys teams so far. And you just like uh, uh, Coach Justice, you have that unique situation of both uh, coaching both ball clubs, and I, I know that you. Uh, uh, have a, a lot of these boy-girl doubleheaders. Talk about the uh, coordination you have to do with the your, your opposing schools, either home or away, uh, to, to get those because a lot of schools do not like to uh, have their their boys and girls teams uh, playing same place, same night. No, and, and to be honest with you, uh, back several years ago when I was just a boys coach, I don't know if I would have liked it, but uh, – before I became the, the girls' coach, I contacted everybody in the Cardinal Conference and told them what uh, might happen and just to see their thoughts about playing some. And that first year, which uh, it's hard to believe this is my fifth year doing both of them, but that first year, almost everybody in the Cardinal Conference agreed to do a doubleheader. And uh, uh, we're, we're not doing it as much, but um, uh, it's just uh, I, I probably wouldn't be able to do it if we didn't. Uh, uh, play some of those. I think uh, last year we had as many, I think we had 12 doubleheaders. Uh, this year I think we've only got eight. Uh, but um, I, I would really, truly like it. And uh, our fans like it. And uh, uh, at Mingo Central tonight, uh, they came up here and they brought uh, JV boys, varsity boys, and uh, the girls all on the same bus. So really there's some uh, uh, there's some pros to it. And uh, uh, the budget a little while, uh, you know, I'm charging people two different nights, uh, but uh, I think it uh, it brings in more fans and uh, it's just a great, makes a great atmosphere for, uh, you know, for all those involved. It really does. Coach Scheme, we again congratulate you on your wins tonight. Your um, again, your boys on a four-game winning streak, and your girls playing excellent ball as well. Again, the reigning state champions doing an excellent job uh, with, with, with both of them. And thank you for calling. And uh, sorry I didn't get to talk with you Tuesday, but it was good seeing you. Well, it was good seeing you, and, and I think uh, I, I could listen to your voice all all the time. You need to be in some big arena introducing. Uh, LeBron James or something like that with a voice like that. That's just uh, uh, that's, uh, that's where you should be. I think that every time I hear you talk. Well, I appreciate that, Coach, and uh, uh, the check's in the mail. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that's Rich Keen, the uh, boys and girls basketball coach at Sissonville, and uh, always a pleasure to talk to him. And uh, I want to take a couple minutes here. We'll bring in James Collier, uh, who was unable to be in studio with us, but taking time out to join us tonight as well. And uh, you know, James, we celebrate high school basketball tonight, but also tonight we, we do need to kind of stop and pause a little bit after uh, learning the loss of Marshall uh, softball alum, Emily Cooper, and someone who I know uh, you covered very closely uh, with with your coverage of Marshall softball at WMUL. And um, I know just from doing public address and seeing her infectious vibrance on the field, uh, it's a tough night. Yeah, it is. It's um, you know when I heard the news, I saw the, the news flash across across Twitter. Uh, that's how I found out. And uh, you know we talk about that on the show so so often. It seems like anymore of how quickly technology allows information to spread throughout not just the state but throughout the world. And um, it was uh, it was something that uh, <laughs> you hate to lose. It really it's, is. Uh, she's uh it's gone way too soon. And, um, you know, the first thing I thought of when I saw the news was her, um, 
the promo that we had in the station and her walk-off home run last year against Western Kentucky. It's just, uh, it's terrible. The um, entire Marshall softball community is it's dying right now. That's uh... and um, you know we we talked with um, Randy Payton at uh, at Ryle Grand. She was uh, working with her aunt as a assistant volleyball coach at uh, Ryle Grand, and actually had just gotten the head softball coach at Jackson, Ohio, for high school, uh, where she graduated high school from. So. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough week for Marshall softball. The um, softball team supposed to kick off its uh, its season this this Thursday. Um, they uh, they leave Thursday to head to Troy, Alabama, and um, open up the season Friday with uh, five games on the road. So um, certainly going to be a long week for uh, for the herd family. And uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It's uh, another life gone way too soon. James, I know we we planned all week for you to, to call in to talk basketball, and sometimes that's not where life leads us. And hopefully, um, hopefully next week we can talk basketball with you. But I, I just thought tonight. I know that again. I know that she was someone that you were your coverage of softball. Um, I just felt it more appropriate to talk about her tonight. Yeah, and you know, it was um, Emily was a, a person that she was she was always so much fun to be around and. We, we used to kid her so much because she she always I, I always kid her I said you should have been a lawyer uh, she was one of those that had to have the last word and um, she had so many fun moments on uh, on travels and um, she was just she was infectious and she was one of those players that um, I remember watching her progression through and you know she was a utility player for uh, coach Shonda Stanton and she she really took it upon herself her senior season that she was going to make a difference uh, with Marshall softball. And she worked herself into a starting position, and she was a player that when she stepped on the field, whether it was offensive, defensive, if she come off the bench to come in and pinch run, she was a great base runner. She brought a level of energy that, that brought that team to the next level. And um, it was just she was so much fun to be around, and she, you know, she she knew what she finally figured it out. You know, that was one of the things that was really neat about being around Emily was watching her mature, because she did. She really, over those last two seasons with Marshall, from the time she went from a junior to the time that she she graduated, um, I can see such a night and day difference in the way that she was as a person and how how she attacked life. Um, but. Um, and she was so much fun to be around. And I mean, she was always, you know, a, a practical joker. She was always loud and and rambunctious and stuff. But that was Emily. That was the the Emily that everybody knew that you were going to get. And she was, um, and, and for for people that may have have been a chance, had a chance to go watch a Marshall softball game, and um, when they huddled up right before they get ready to start the uh, the game, there was always one player. That was the loudest person there at the dot or any place we went on the road. If you got a chance to watch Marshall on television, there was one player that would always stick out in pregame warm-ups, and that was Emily. She was the, the spark plug for that team. And um, there's, uh, like I said, it's uh, a lot of heavy hearts this, this evening tonight in, uh, in Huntington. Um, you know, Marshall kicking off its 2016 season like it does every year with its uh, annual banquet tonight that was held. And, um, you know, they've got the, the clinic tomorrow, but um, and it's going to be a, a long weekend for this for this herd family. So, thoughts and prayers for everybody out there, especially the coaching staff, Coach Shonda Stanton, and her staff with uh, Kendall Fern and Chanda Bell. Uh, you won't find a better staff anywhere in the nation, in my honest opinion. Um, 
it's it's been a pleasure and honor to work with all them. So just uh, just keep all of them in your prayers and uh, especially the families with with Emily and stuff as we go forward. Absolutely, that's James Collier, regular co-host of our program, and we appreciate him joining us tonight. Of course, uh, we step aside from basketball there for a moment, um, and, and even from West Virginia high school athletics. Emily Cooper, Marshall, former Marshall softball player. Of course, we are based at Marshall University, and um, but uh, she passed away in an automobile accident today, and uh, we certainly will uh, have her on our thoughts and prayers for uh, for a while. We'll celebrate it all a little bit later, but right now it's a little bit raw, so um, something we'll just have to. Everybody will have to work and get through together. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll wrap up this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Rick Kozlowski when we come back in just a moment. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP. LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.51 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We've still got Rick Kozlowski. We'll talk to him in a moment. We've got to go fast, though, as we do a scoreboard update right now. I'll get the boys winners if you're looking for scores look no more visit basketballnight.com winners tonight capital greenbrier east cameron frankfurt magnolia steubenville central catholic beating uh oak glen also winners tonight valley wetzel weir 
Pendleton County, Nicholas County, Brook, Pike View, Greenbrier West, Van, Kaiser, Bluefield, Webster County, Bridgeport, still undefeated, Lewis County, Scott, Wheeling Central, Roan County, Calhoun County, East Fairmont, Phillip Barber, all winners tonight, Grafton, Rose Hill Christian, Kentucky defeats Hannon, got that score in, Hedgesville, Herbert Hoover, Union, a winner tonight, over 100. Also tonight, Huntington, Martinsburg, Tug Valley, Midland Trail, Sissonville, Gilmer County, Robert Seabird, and Ravenswood all win on the boys' side. South Harrison, Spring Mills, Tucker County, all boys' winners tonight as well. Corning Miller, Ohio, beat Wahama. Wyoming East, Williamstown, and Woodrow Wilson, all winners in boys' basketball tonight. And in girls' basketball, your winners this evening and throughout the day, Wyoming East, Payton City, Sissonville, Hannon, uh, Atlantic, uh, Allegheny, Maryland, also, uh, St. Mary's, Richwood, uh, Greater Beckley Christian, Meadow Bridge, Morgantown, Morgantown still undefeated, 17-0, Midland Trail, Fayetteville, Hurricane, Roan County, Ripley, South Charleston, Summers County, Wayne, St. Albans, and Montcalm. There are your winners tonight. Just had 71 games to cover tonight, guys. Hey, I mean, you know. Yeah, doing, <laughs> doing a great job of our staff in the behind the scenes as well. We got Rick Kozlowski. We only have a couple of minutes here, but Rick uh, Kozlowski, Martinsburg jo- Journal, joins us now as I'm waiting on the, the, the intro music for the cause. It's cause time. I'm thinking of every cue I can come up with. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen tonight, Rick. Oh, there we go. He is the best friend of the program. Yeah. Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal, joins us. You know, that's hard to say. But, Rick, uh, first off, welcome back well, after, to the program. After you guys uh, went through those scores, I was thinking you guys could be auctioneers the way you were <laughs> running through those things. Hey, you know, we might have to have you bid on more airtime next week at the rate we're going. Because, uh, obviously, uh, we're having to, to cut everybody uh, a little bit short tonight. But, uh, Rick, uh, tonight, big win for Martinsburg. And, uh a great game tonight with Spring Mills and uh, Washington as well. Some really good basketball games. Yeah, and I saw neither of those. You saw the Musselman game. Really good game between a couple of top ten teams. They just know Musselman, and wow. Musselman's in a bit of a lull. Lost their third straight game after winning their first 11. Hedgesville, I haven't seen them in a few weeks. It looks like a totally different basketball team. They kind of changed their style, and I'm, you know, you know, looked at their record and thinking, okay, I'm still not convinced. But I watched them tonight and became a little bit of a believer. I mean, they have no size, but what they do, they do well. And uh, yeah, and and Musselman is just kind of going through a little bit of a, a little bit of a lull and. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Those two teams playing in next Friday night at Musselman. Meanwhile, Martinsburg with a fairly uh, comfortable win over Jefferson. Big game for the Bulldogs tomorrow. They play at undefeated Morgantown tomorrow afternoon. Of course, Martinsburg's only two losses were in Hawaii to a couple of nationally ranked teams. So they haven't lost uh, in the uh, continental United States. <laughs> and the and the Spring Mills-Washington game, real close. Spring Mills has kind of been struggling this year. Washington's been struggling. Uh, 
they apparently, I guess, uh, Washington or Spring Mills played a, played a pretty good game. Their coach was pleased that they were able to hold on on the road. And so there you go. Well, Rick, Did I talk quickly enough? Yes, that was perfect. Sorry to cut you short, but always glad to get to talk with you, and thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, guys, have a good one. All right, that's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. Time now for our poll question. We turn to Marcus for that. All right, first, going back to last week's poll question, what should the policy be when it comes to West Virginia athletics and winter weather? 104 people voted at basketballnight.com. 70 people say, let each school decide on a game-by-game basis. 17 people say, no school, no play statewide. While 17 people also say, let each county decide the policy when it comes to winter weather. Now, our poll question this week, it's kind of uh, kind of generic, but depending on where you live or what team you're a fan of, maybe a little bit polarizing. What do you think of the new sectional and regional seedings um, that are going to be in place for 2016 through 2020? Yes, I like them, or no, I don't like them. Let us know over at basketballnight.com. Voting will be open here in just a few minutes. And you can see those sectional and regional alignments on our website basketballnight.com and those go into effect next season that will change a lot of things some teams not only the classification movements but some moving sections or regions uh, you know a mild change seems like but it changes everybody you play with in your sectional uh guys we're running short on time joe your thoughts from tonight hey great show guys thanks for letting me come off the bench and uh, pinch hit tonight but anyway if you like high school basketball coming up monday tuesday and wednesday 30 games on tap little general shootout charleston civic center should be a lot of fun bill uh Prayers go out to these coaches and players have to play a lot of games in a short amount of time right now, making up for uh, snow games and also just Thank you for schedule. to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend. And thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.